0: Next chapter podcasts. It's
1: yours. It's yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours.
2: The world is yours. Sorry to interrupt, Fleece Army, but the King Cudugle needs to talk for a moment. So I flew to New York the day before this episode came out. We already recorded the intro. I got on the flight at seven a.m. And when I landed at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard, my phone was lit up. My social media has been blown up because Rolling Stone magazine has updated their 500 greatest album list. And it is a Wang Zuki Supreme. All the numbers are all over. I think the album that we're doing today, which I think is number 403 or 402. I don't have the list in front of me is now in the top 100. Does it deserve to be there? 100%. It's an incredible record. But just to let everybody know, for the time being, we will stick to the 2012 list. That was the list that Angelo Bowers and myself talked about at open mics, at shows. That's the list that I've been looking at for the last two years. And that's the list that I want to go through. We are going to talk about those newer albums and next week when I have more time to think about it, I'll I'll be able to explain in detail what we are going to do. Maybe we'll do the new list as a Patreon. Maybe we'll just fucking do two episodes a week. I have no idea. All I know is that that 2012 list means so much to me and it means so much to us. And I think that there are great records on both. You know, this is like the end of the Sixth Sense You know what I mean? I'm like, he's been dead the whole time. That's the way that I feel right now. I love it because everybody is hitting me up about this. Next week is still going to be Red Hot Chili Peppers, California Cation, and so on down the list. Guess what? Maybe we just extended the podcast by another 9.86 years. So the final show won't be May 31st, 2028. It'll be whatever 9.86 years is post that. Congratulations to Rolling Stone. Congratulations to all the new artists that made it on there, but also big ups to the people that are on the 2012 list. And with that, because I know you guys wanted me to say something about it with that, let's get back into the episode. We're talking about, Nas Ilmatic. I will talk more in detail about what we're going to do next week for California Gation.
1: Do the world is yours. The world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. World I sit the dumb peak watching this. Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes. All the words past the margin. The whole mic am throbbing, mechanical movement, understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. The peace thing rob a motherfucker. Motherfucker. is the world really mine. Like
2: Nas, is it mine? Because I don't really feel like it is right now, but you know. This is pretty positive. I should believe that it is. The world is all of ours. And the world is yours is the song. It's by Nas from his 1994 debut album, Ilmatic. It's also number 402 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, Fleece Army? Dude, a lot of y'all have been feeling this album in advance. You've been messaging me, telling me who's my guest going to be, telling me how this is the greatest hip hop record ever made. I hear you. And we get to the bottom of that on this episode. But you know what we haven't gotten to the bottom with? Y'all doing the Instagram stories, guys. Take a picture of how you're listening to the 500 and tag me at Josh Adam Myers. Put a hashtag Fleece Army and tag at The 500 Podcast. Post that on your Instagram stories or on your feed, however you can do it to help us get the word out, guys. Please help us get the word out. Also, please join our Patreon, guys, The 500 Club. We are going to be giving you all the trimmed down episodes over the last two years all on our Patreon. We're cooking up some certain things supplemental stuff but more than anything guys there's like 15 people that work on this that shouldn't so I have to pay them and if you guys like this podcast man please support it if you're joining just you know five dollars if you can do five dollars help us keep this shit going so just if you listen and you love this podcast and you want to help us out guys Just $5 a month would really help us. We want to bring this to you. We want to give it to you in the full form. We want to give you everything. So join the 500 Club. It's all on our website, the500podcast.com. And you get free merch from my boy, Young and Sick. October 15th, the goddamn Comedy Jam will be pumped right into your living room. We have teamed up with the in-crowd who have created the most amazing viewing experience I have ever seen, and we're going to be bringing the best show in the world right to you, and you get to be involved. Comics will do a set, tell a story, then sing a cover song with my band, P, and guess what? You sing along with us. We can do crowd work right with you. If you haven't seen this place, I am telling you, this is the perfect place for the goddamn comedy jam to exist in the COVID world. Lineup announcement is coming soon, but tickets will be live starting Thursday at the500podcast.com they might be available on Wednesday when this episode comes out depending on if Bubba gets me the link but you can buy advance tickets we have VIP platform so you can be on the screen while we are performing guys this is the TV show we always wanted to do I promise you this is the best show you will ever see I'm so excited about it I want all of my fleece army there man help support me by coming to see this show and you can watch it from your fucking living room how dope is that shit Now because there's so much to tell you about this record, let's just dive the fuck in. Released on April 19th, 1994 on Columbia Records and produced by a slew of producers, Faith N, MC Search, DJ Premier, Large Professor, Pete Rock, Q-Tip, LES, Condoleezza Rice, Newt Gingrich. This is the debut album from Queens, New York rapper and songwriter, Nas. Born Nasir bin Aludara Jones in Brooklyn, New York, in 1973 to a postal worker mother and a jazz musician father, his family soon moved to the Queensbridge public housing development in the Long Island City neighborhood of Queens, New York. His new neighbor, Willie Graham, turned Nas onto hip hop, and after his parents' divorce and dropping out of school in the eighth grade, Nas started rapping with Graham as his DJ, Ill Will. He was highly influenced by rap pioneers Rakim and Cool G Rap, as well as by the Nubian Nation, the 5% Nation, and black power organizations and offshoots of the Nation of Islam that began in the mid-60s. He went through names like Kid Wave, Rapper Nas, Nasty Nas, before simplifying it just to Nas. Nas was mentored by producer and rapper Large Professor, one of the founders of the rap group Main Source. Large Professor was an unrelenting editor and he would work with Nas until he had the dopest lyrics. Nasty Nas guest first on the Main Source's 1991 song At The Barbecue made this unknown rapper a legend of the underground it caught the ear of Faith Newman, an A&R person at Columbia Records who tracked him down through his manager, MC Search, from third base after Large Professor told her Nas wasn't ready to make a record. But after listening to the first song on Nas' demo, she wouldn't let Search leave without signing him. Large Professor was supposed to produce the whole record, but he was entangled in the messy breakup of Main Source. So Search assembled a lineup of star producers. It became one of the first hip-hop records to have multiple producers and... I mean, it's got like 10 producers, well less, but this sounds like a cohesive record. The Illmatic was densely packed with deaf rhymes and detailed narrations that described the gritty and troubled real-life inner-city experiences of poverty, gang life, drug dealing, desolation, and desperate dreams of a way out. And you could see all of that visualized on the cover, which was inspired by Howard Hanger's 1974 jazz album, A Child is Born. So, Nas superimposed his childhood photo over the Queensbridge projects. But while working on the record, it got bootlegged so much that the label Rush released it. So while other hip hop albums often filled out the full data storage size of CDs and cassettes and included superfluous sketches and in between song banner, Illmatic was inadvertently all killer, no filler. The title was both a tribute to his friend Illmatic Ice who was incarcerated as well as being in Nas's words Realness, The epitome of ill. The album debuted at number 12 on the charts. It sold 63,000 albums in its first week, spawned five singles, and got critical reviews up the wazoo about how dope this was. But the album was considered a disappointment, but it took a few years to reach the success that it's at now. It was still named 1994's Album of the Year by Source Magazine, and Illmatic rates as one of the most influential and loved hip-hop albums. And with this debut, Nas became one of the most revered and respected rappers out there. And guess what, peeps? When this shit dropped, he was only 21 years old. And my guest today reached out to me a few months ago and said, Dude, I got three albums that I want to do, but this is my number one. And guess what? My guest is my number one. I've known this dude since 2008. I think he is honest to God, one of the funniest comedians I have ever seen. And if you have not been on social media, or let me rephrase, if you have been on social media for the last, I don't know, five, six years and you haven't seen this dude, you are missing out. Today, my guest is the great Tony Baker. Tony, I mean, king of voiceovers on Instagram. If you haven't seen Quandrell, you are fucking up. He's also released a few stand-up specials, Scaredy Cat back in 2008, but he's got a brand new special, Tony Baker and Friends. It just dropped last week. Check it out. You can rent or purchase it on his website, TonyBakerComedy.com. Guys, get it. Because what I love about Tony is that he's a self-made dude. If the industry's not fucking with him, he fucks with himself. He knows he's worth a shitload and guess what? He is showing the world right now how to do this. It's someone you should take note of if you don't know already. This was recorded live at the World Famous Comedy Store. The video is on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube because we're putting out fun shit there. But this was a pleasure. I think I laughed throughout the whole thing, guys. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on any platform. If you're listening on Apple, I beg of you, leave a five-star rating and leave a review. Couple people shit on me, said they didn't like my weird language, the oogly doogly language, which I'm not using as much because I've matured. But... I want to get people, I want to get that fucking ranking up there. So just come on, hook us up, guys. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500 podcastgmailcom at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group, The 500 Podcast with Jam. And for all things 500, go to our website, the 500 podcastcom Well, y'all, nothing left to say, but here we go with number four, row two. We're Elmatic by is a hobba the ski do. I've known Tony since 2008. I've said this so many times mm-hmm. you're one of the few comedians that brings me to tears every time. I remember sitting right over there uh, and you doing that B joke oh, yeah. and just me and Doc Willis like yeah. like holding each other like, this motherfucker, <laughs> oh shit, he gonna do, he, what is the fly doing with the, with the hands? But I, so so to have you on mm-hmm. is something that I wanted to do anyway and then if you remember, you hit me up yeah. and you said, you said, yo, Nazilmatic, Lauren Hill, Miss Education, uh, of Lauryn Hill, right. and then Wu-Tang. And entered the, the Wu-Tang, 36.
0: 36 Chambers.
2: But but uh-huh. is your favorite record.
0: Yes. So, so tell me the story. What's your story with this record? My story is this. Uh, you know, it came out in 94. Uh, 94 is a period. In 94, I'm pretty much 16 at the time. So I'm broke. So whatever music I'm acquiring, it's I didn't like, think
2: you were Doogie Howser, dude. Like, no nah, you're fucking you know? making ducats at sixteen. Nah, you know because <laughs> you know broke. when
0: you're a teen, especially in the '90s, you get music how you can get it. You like, please make make dub me a copy. <laughs> yeah. Just let me let me borrow your tape. Let me let me hold your CD. You know, I'm gonna listen to the radio
2: yeah. for six hours straight, yeah. and hopefully I'll get the three songs that I like more than anything, and I'll record them.
0: You had to wait, and so yeah. it was like you know you were at the mercy of your friends playing it, your older brother. Your my, whoever, and so 94, I'm coming off of, you know, Wu-Tang Clan has me at a high because, you know, it came out in 93. That came uh, out before this? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I got in my friend's car, Lerone and Mario were in the car. Sup, Le- Lerone and Mario? Yeah, man, They're what's different. up, y'all? You know what I'm saying? I got in the car, I was like, yo, where, where we going? And they were listening to Wu-Tang Clan, never heard of it before. It was the Mystery of Chess Boxing. Oh. And I was like, oh, God, who is this? Because yeah. I, heard, I heard Old Dirty first. I was like, yo, what the hell is this? And then they had the karate movies in there, my <laughs> head exploded, my nose started bleeding before the explosion, and then my head exploded. And so, I was back into like, I was creeping back into rap. Because I had kind of fell off, like when the West Coast Sound dominated, I got kind of bored with that laid What were back. you listening to? Were you listening to some Anita Baker? Like, show me love. I've life. always been listening to that. If rapture is not on this list, we love. Sweet love.
2: Oh, sweet love. I, everybody knew what I was talking about, though, Yo, right? Is sweet rapture
0: love. on this list?
2: I don't think so. Oh, yeah, this list is, is forfeiture. <laughs> garbage, It's dude. forfeiture. It's, it's garbage, but it's we just, but we respect the list.
0: It's Rolling Stone. Like, it's the open
2: bike at the Sunset Grill. Right. But respect. I got
0: grievances. <laughs> I got
2: grievances. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, but take me through it. So,
0: uh, I'm listening to R&B at this time. So, I'm listening to groups like Tony, 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 Sons of Soul album. I'm listening to intro. I'm just listening to, like, uh, Mary J. Blige, What's the four one one, Joe to second album. So I slid in like to R and B. And uh I would listen to like Red Man and some of the stuff uh you know Eric Sermon was producing. And great music, oh, too. Oh man, come on. Sermon's a great producer. Oh, Red Man and, and that that whole era, don't yeah. get me started. So I'm just kinda chilling. Cut two, there's a uh, my older brother is ten years older than me. Mm. And he had a friend named Dawn. Okay, she had amazing legs. Okay. And this is sixteen year old Tony. I'm just like, legs. You Keep know, describing I, her. I don't right. even remember her face. <laughs> to this day, I couldn't tell you what she looked like in the face, but the legs. And she was from the East Coast. And she rolled up on me. She was like, yo, you heard nasty knives? And I was like, who? And I'm looking at the legs the whole time the knees, the calf muscles. You know what I'm saying? The thighs, I'm like, who was who that, that you say? Nasty Nas, so I'm like, whatever you got, be, yeah. <laughs> All right, quadriceps, Fill me in, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Fill me in, <laughs> yeah. you know. And her knees are talking to me, the thighs are moving, they had lips eyes, the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, put it on. So when she put it on, I didn't absorb it the way I should have. you said out at her legs. This is 16-year-old Tony, you got just a boner. Like, yeah. All your yeah, blood has gone them. to your dick. It could have been anything, I've been like, this is the best thing I've ever heard, <laughs> legs. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> And I never absorbed the album. I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm, legs. And so <laughs> So it just disappeared from my mind. I was focused on Wu Tang Clan and I was just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is an incredible record. Incredible record. Incredible record. 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 I was, uh, one of my yeah, favorite it, albums it really, of all time. It's one of mine too. And so here's the moment where I fully notice uh, Nas and uh Ilmatic. I I was uh, at a friend's house named Oliver. Shout out to Oliver. Big up, Sal. We used to hang out at Oliver's house on the late night on weekends because his parents always went out of town <sighs> because they the traveled for work. So we were over there. You know what I'm saying? People making out, hooking up. You know, I never hooked up, but it was going down. I was. She so kept I, trying to get them legs. And yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> she, she, Man, she peaced Dawn's out. Legs. Dawn's <laughs> legs, and she was older than me, so I had no shot at Dawn. So yeah. I was just like the legs. Anyway, I was a fiend for rap cities uh top ten countdown. Okay. It used to come on Friday night, Saturday morning, and uh Saturday night as well. So I'm over there at Oliver's Career, everybody in their respective rooms hooking up, and I'm just in the living room solo and I'm watching the top 10 countdown. And so Nas uh The World is yours shows up. Yeah. And I'm just like and I was sitting there watching the video, listening to it. I saw Pete Rock who I was a fan of because of P Rock and CL Smooth. Love. They reminisce Will over you. Will they reminisce you. over you is it's one of one my favorite. Best.
2: Yes, it's hands down that, the sax. The sax. <laughs> oh. Reminisce, a reminisce. Oh. A reminisce for a spell again to say we're going to back and see but
0: I'll see but I was, my Aunt Ruthie. <laughs> Listen, that's one of the best songs I've ever created. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh Pete Rock. You know, and then I was like, yo, is that the dude? Cause it, there was no nasty, it was just nice mm-hmm. So I'm like, wait, is that the girl? Is that the dude? You know the leg showed you? The legs was well, this this is dope. And so I went on a quest to get that album. Yeah. I was like, yo, Laron, do you have Illmatic? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I'll trade you Shaheem the Rugged Child tape <laughs> if you let me listen to that ill manic for just a temporary borrow. Because just, just hey, I, yeah. I had the Shyim, he didn't have it. He wanted it. I was like, let's. <laughs> let's fair trade. You, you tried to like buck it up too. Like, yeah.
2: it just got track four. You heard track yep. four? Oh, man, no, man. No, you, there's you there's got the intro. The, the, the intro. And then the
0: on and on. And the skits. Yeah, and then Hilarious. the wheel. connections. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. And so we traded, I never gave him Illmatic back. Of course not. To this I. day, I <laughs> never. <laughs> I don't even remember sha but... <laughs> Larone. I'm sorry, I never gave it back. I still have that disc that I stole from you. And so, um, so once I borrowed that CD and I listened to it front to back, I was like, this is incredible, I'm all in. And the first song that blew me away, besides The World Is Yours to get my attention, was Life's a Bitch. Oh, which is phenomenal. I was just
2: phenomenal like song. this. But why do you think you connected with it so much? Like, to make this your favorite record. Like, I get yeah. it. I get a girl explaining it to you. You hearing it again. It's uh-huh. almost like the universe is trying to get this record into your life. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, you, but they put legs in front of you, and you were like, yeah, like all right, yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. Whatever get, you need. Get your crystals. Get I your vibrations <laughs> away. I'm uh, legs.
0: Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network
2: 020-d.com, soundtalentmedia.com or on your favorite podcast app. Right. So so why do you think you connect with it so
0: much? Um you know what it is? I to me Illmatic is a cinematic record. Okay. Like I always like I was saying this is like to me Nas is the Martin Scorsese of hip hop. Like the 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 pictures he paints with his words like gritty visuals and stuff like that, puts me in the mindset of uh Martin Scorsese film. Sure. So when he paints the picture of his environment and what's going on, it's gritty, it's no-holds-barred, it's detailed, and I'm just like, yeah. And so, since I've been a fan of movies since I could talk. And so Ilmatic immediately, when I saw the video for The World Is Yours, it was black and white. It was just like, yo, it was the city landscape. I was like, man, I like this visual. And then I'm looking at the booklet and I'm just like, I'm looking at the pictures of him and Queensbridge and then this whole crew and then I'm just like, oh yeah, and then they're just showing the, the city and I'm just like, man, this. And then they come in with the horn, the horn on, on lights of bitches and I'm just like, this is a movie. Yeah. And so I just connected with that. And especially coming, like a kid, when I grew up in Chicago, you know, I grew up seeing gritty images. Like, you know, uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, murders, yeah. gangs, jumpings, uh, bike theft. They stole my bike. Um, all of that. And yeah. so I was just like, yo, this this is really. And it wasn't coming from like a, you know, public enemy was in your face. And they were just like aggressive. NWA, same aggression. Painting the picture. But it was just like, I, I still felt like it was a performance. Like Run DMC, public enemy, NWA. It was loud. It was in your face. And then. Nas felt more conversational. It wasn't like you know Tribe and like Daylight. They, they were more on the peaceful, yeah, yeah, that was soulful the, the, vibe, uh, the
2: conscious rap,
0: right. And it was just like, but with Nas, I just felt like he was sitting in the window uh, or riding on the L train, or just like and telling telling us what he was seeing. And I was just like, this is I've never heard anything like this. Yeah, it it never felt like. A performance or a show it just felt like he was telling me something
2: yeah yeah so i i had a very different experience of the first time i heard it this mm-hmm. is this is really the first time i have dug into it i've yeah. heard it in the background i've enjoyed it but mm-hmm. but this is the first time i've been like i put it on and i fucked with it like hard like, yeah I, mean, I probably listened to this 15 20 times and then i texted you about the national symphony orchestra oh, version of this live yeah. everybody out there uh Nas did this up uh, in 2014 for the 20th anniversary of this he played it at the Kennedy Center uh, with a full orchestra it is it adds so much layers to this album because I get everything that you're saying is 100% with the way I feel about it now right the first time i heard about nas uh-huh. i was probably 15 years old did Dawn tell you was it
0: Dawn did she come up
2: no it wasn't legs it was triceps this girl had triceps
0: okay yeah Uh, no I was
2: I took LSD one night and Mm -hmm. my friends didn't want to I bought it off the the B-Crafts who were like the dirt bags that lived in our neighborhood the B-Crafts we've all got them you know I mean the only thing worse than the B-Crafts are the C-Crafts you know what I mean (laughs) <laughs> and they were these people. I bought LSD behind M&G's beer and wine store. Okay. And I went up to Tossas and my boys was like, yo, let's go trip tonight. I was like, the B-Crafts got the LSD. And they're like, nah, man, it's fucking Monday night. Like, yeah. we got school tomorrow. Oh, not,
0: LSD on a Monday? Yeah,
2: dude, this is- You were animal. Dude, I fucking- I'm Illmatic, oh, dude. Oh, God. Yeah. So on I- Monday? so I so I so I found the other group, not the bee crafts. I followed them around for a little bit because my friends broke off, but I went with these other cats, mm. and they what we went behind Waters Landing Elementary School and were're in a field, yeah. And there's apartment buildings around us, but we're in the field of the elementary strawberry school fields. and this dude strawberry field. Oh, dude! I mean, I, and as I'm starting to really start tripping, uh-huh. there was the guy, one of the guys that was there, that was one of the dirt bags. He was uh, he worked at the Jerry Subs and Pizza, uh-huh. and he always hooked us up. We smoked cigarettes there, and he goes, he goes, yo, man. He's like, he brought his boombox. He's like, have you heard Illmatic yet? And yeah. I'm like, nah. And he's, I don't even know what that is. And he put it on, and I saw the album cover of uh-huh. the, the young kid in front of the right. projects, mm-hmm. and he put it on, and once again, same shit. I I think think the first shit that the tape was on, to give you how long ago it was, the tape was set up for Life's a Bitch. Uh And I was just like... Tripping and like, holy shit! This is so great because that kind of reminded me of Tribe, and I love Tribe. Yeah, it was very laid man. back, mm-hmm. uh, and then also the message of life's a bitch, and yeah. you know, you're you're tripping, so you're like, fuck, man! Like, you know, am I even real? <laughs> and then next thing I know, the cop showed up, and they oh. and then and then the guy with the boombox took off and ran, and it was just me and this girl <laughs> in the field, and the cops started asking me questions, and I was tripping balls. Yeah, so like, what's your address? And I was like, yeah. I was like Queensborough, <laughs> Queensbridge but they let us go and and to be honest Illmatic didn't come back into my life or even Nas didn't come back until uh-huh. uh if I ruled the world okay that's never, not too bad. 96 but, but 96 but I but I was always a huge Wu-Tang fan yeah. that changed my perspective on hip hop uh-huh. but really digging into this record now and and hearing like why you're such a fan of it and yeah. doing all the reading it's like uh this record to me I think that you can put up there with the greatest records in hip hop. Mm -hmm. Um, I found this quote and I love it so much. Uh, he says, if every other hip hop record were destroyed, (laughs) the entire genre could be reconstructed from this one album. Oh, damn. Because in spirit, Illmatic can be, it can be compared to ready to die. It takes a nation of uh, millions to hold us back, enter Mm -hmm. the Wu Tang, but then you can also put it up there with a hard day's night inversions or like the sex pistols, nevermind the bullocks. Uh Uh, this is an album that I don't think a hip hop artist uh, now will ever make. Right. Uh, I, I feel like listening to this record, it shows you how bad the state of hip hop is in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I feel that it, it's, you know, like, like there's so much to love about it lyrically beats because it's got some of the best hip-hop producers oh in the my game God. yes
0: and multiple yeah and, they, and it still feels like it a it feels record. like one producer did this yes. whole album that's the beauty of it you got dj Premier, q-tip les pete rock pete rock and, it, and large professor yeah and, and it feels like one one producer did this whole record and it was just like and it's short and sweet there's no fat there's no fat on the bone it's With- Ten tracks, one skit in the beginning. It's nine songs.
2: So here, do you wanna know why it's there's no fat on this record? Mm. So at the time when this came out, right before it came out this was one of the most bootlegged albums in the history uh, of hip-hop. Thousands of copies were getting out on the street. And so the, one of the, the record label people said, mm-hmm. we got to put the record out right now yeah. because it's, we're never going to get it out. They're going to bootleg it to the point where they're not going to, it's going to be the soul plane oh of, of hip-hop. <laughs> and, and so that is why there's no sketches. That yeah. is why there's no fat. It's, this is a record, this is 10 songs excluding the intro, so nine songs right. of just Killer material mm-hmm. And if there were Other tracks on it Right And there were sketches uh-huh. I don't think
0: this This album's on this list Probably not Probably not It's probably perfect The way it is man Less is more
2: Less is more Yeah One thing I, I find very funny Because I watched a bunch Of interviews of Nas Is mm-hmm. the difference Between his on and off stage, voice, yeah, do you know what I mean? Because, like, like, on stage, he's like, I hit him flipping and skipping and baba dipping and popping, <laughs> it's like, it's like in your face. And then yeah. off stage, he's like, Well, yo, let me yeah, tell you, you know I'm saying? I just came through.
0: It a hurts me bars. to talk off yeah. stage. I feel like
2: <laughs> I got polyps on my <laughs> vocal cords, and it's tough. He's
0: got a jazz musician vibe, like, he'd just be like, Yeah, we came in, knocked out the track, and it was good. But then when he spits, he's like, yeah. I'm flipping
2: shit and they're coming around. I'm fucking, I put the pain on the microphone. You gotta
0: turn it up. Oh. You gotta turn it up. All right, so
2: let's dive into the record because yeah. there's so many good songs on here. So All right, so the album opens with Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, Nas's verse from the 1991 main source song. Yes, live, live
0: at the barbecue. At the barbecue. Wow. Yeah,
2: I gotta shake your head when you say it. And a clip from the hip-hop movie 1983's Wild, Wild Style, Style before Nas, uh, his brother, Rapper Jungle and rapper AZ hype up the record that's about to come, and then they drop New York State of Mind. Oh line. man. It's a cool thing about this Nas wrote uh, the 60 bars of this in the studio in one day, and he recorded all of this in one take. Oh my God. I love this so much. So it was so new. That after his spoken intro, because the way he starts it, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole like, yeah, straight out of fucking dungeon of rap, yeah. where fake n words don't make it back. Right. Mm-hmm. He's and then he's like, I don't know how to start this shit, yeah. and then he yeah. just <laughs> goes the fuck in,
0: yes, in over yeah.
2: what over what I think might be one of DJ Premier's best beats. Oh my
0: god, he's one of my favorite producers. Well, I, I can see why
2: because you like jazzy and you like that like that gritty
0: boom bap. Scratching and mixing DJ Premier encompasses A lot of that And I'm just like Yes Yeah oh
2: I'm, 100% mm. uh, So this has some of my Of his most famous lines But I want to play this one Right off the jump Uh Peter go ahead And play it for me I know this
1: crackhead Who says she gotta Smoke nice rock And if it's good You bring your customers And measurement price. But yo You gotta slot on a vacation Inside information Keeps logs, niggas Erasing And they rob spacing It drops deep As it does in my breath I never sleep huh? Cause sleep is the Cousin of death Be the walls of intelligence,
2: life is defined. I think of crime when I'm in a New York state of mind. State
1: of mind. State of mind. State of mind. He's got that public
3: enemy noise. That beep,
2: beep, beep. It drops deep as it does in my breath. I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. Uh, beyond the walls of intelligence, life is defined. I think of crime when I'm in a New York state of mind. I feel like with this song opening the record, this solidifies Nas's dominance as being the king of New York. And the social commentary about life in the ghetto is up there with any of the greats talking about it. Mm -hmm. With anything coming out from Public, anything coming out from De La Soul, anything uh, from from The Message. Right. This is something that it's like, to open your record, to basically, I know that the Halftime came out two years prior. Right. But to really intro yourself to the world Mm -hmm. with this song is just like, it's like he knew and he's like I want y'all to know now.
0: Right. So how does this how does this make you feel? Like what does this remind you of? Tell me. Man, th- this this song right here cuz it was like when I when I thought of New York rap at the time. You know, I'm I'm listening to like, you know, and at this time, it's Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang Clan comes out, they sound like a bunch of like Italians, like I've never heard black dudes talk the way they, hey, where my killer tape at? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yo, what? I've never heard anything like that. And so now I'm looking at New York differently when it comes to hip hop, because before that, you know, I'm listening to LL Cool J, EPMD, De La Soul, Tribe, it's like a different, all right, New York was all over the place. Visually, but I didn't have a gritty outlook on New York like that. And so, when I listen to Nas and Illmatic, and I'm just like, and he's painting these pictures of like life in the projects of of, of Queen of Queensbridge, and I'm just like, I never heard of Queensbridge projects. So now he's taking me into a world that I never thought about. Like I heard of Queens on, you know, coming to America, like <laughs> Coogee Rap, you yeah. know, but for me to visually go there, this was my intro to Queens and like, you know, how gritty it was and it and it and it and it painted the picture of like, man, they got projects there too. Cause you know, Chicago has projects. Oh yeah. Notorious ones. So it was just like so now I'm thinking, oh, New York got the same thing. So it's like, wow, he's really painting this picture. Jetting through the building lobby and it was full of children probably couldn't see as high as I be. I'm just like, yo, the kids are seeing the dude you know, running for their lives or, or you know, a, a killer chasing somebody else. And I'm just like, yo, this is stuff we would experience as kids in that, you know, in that environment. So i was just like, man, this is this is real. So you grew up in Chicago. You, you were born somewhere else, but then you grew up in Chicago, right? I grew up in Chicago. I was born in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but I was a baby when we went back to Chicago. So I don't really me- remember Grand Rapids. So
2: you've seen... Some crazy shit. What's the craziest shit while living in Chicago?
0: Well, like uh, you know, when we lived on Thirty Sixth Street, uh, a man was murdered in front, r- directly in front of our townhouse. He oh, fuck. it was a, it was a taxi cab driver, and the guy in the back shot him in the back of the head, and so he he stumbled uh, to the to the. It was like a diner. It was like a motel diner right across from our uh, townhouses, and so. Staggered over there and died over there, so it was just like that. Opened my eyes to like, yo, this is this is not right. So the blood, the blood on the sidewalk where we played and did the, you know, to put your feet in, yeah. so we can play it, any meeny mighty, mo over bloodstained, <laughs> you know, concrete. and We just like, man, this this is what it is. And so, I mean, you know, my next door neighbor, his dad was shot at work, shot and killed at work. It was just like, um, and then uh, you know, Crystal down the street, her son was murdered playing Russian roulette. It was just like, you know, I'm in this environment. Well, he killed
2: like, himself. It's Russian roulette. They're
0: saying like he was playing Russian roulette, but we think he was murdered. For Cause, sure. Because he had a lot, he had a wrestling scholarship. He had straight A's. It was just like, really, you playing Russian roulette? Come on, man. And so um, this is, and this is in my immediate, you know, complex. So it was just like, man, this is real out here. So I'm growing up and, you know, and there's gangs out here. And it's just like, that's the environment I grew up in. And so, um, how did you avoid it? How did you avoid getting involved and not
2: having this Chicago state of mind? You my, know what I mean?
0: My mom, I was scared of my mom. So it was like, <laughs> yo, if you ever join a gang, I will kill you. It, <laughs> it, was, it was as simple as that. And seeing like images of like, you know, family members battling with like, you know, alcohol and drug addiction, it was just like, ah, I don't like this. Like, I, I knew early on that I didn't like that. Yeah. So I was never drawn to it. Even when, you know, a guy offered me drugs to sell. In that same complex, he was like, yo, can y'all sell this for me? And I was like, no. Nah. That, that was the moment. That was the moment where I was just like, no, nah, I just want to be a kid. You know, I knew then. I was like, once I do this, then, you know, the innocence is gone. Oh, I, yeah. like, I want to play with toys and, you know, the, the games, the Ataris, the Nintendos. Like, i trying it. to get some heroin. Yeah. You know who's got it? That funny motherfucker.
2: right? He right. What kind <laughs> of drugs do you
0: want? Because <laughs> Chicago <laughs> was trying to force me to grow up too fast. And I was like, let me, let me kid it up. Yeah, for, for longer than
2: that. Which is actually where it's, it's going to be. I think in a few songs, that's like literally what the song is about. It's about yeah. how Nas had to grow up. It's like basically the Queens, it's Queens Bridge, right? Right. Queens Bridge. Okay, it's yeah. Queens Bridge Project. I we keep on saying Queensboro. Uh-huh. But it's that, that, it's you know, you're put in that kind of situation in Chicago, right. New York, Baltimore, D.C., you're a 13 year old kid. You know what I mean? And and you got to be a man because of all the shit that's going on around you. I mean, one, thank God for your fucking mom.
0: Oh, moms wouldn't have it, man. She yeah, like, nah. but
2: also thank God for you being like, dude, I was, <laughs> I'd be such a shitty drug dealer.
0: Because I knew, like, you know, I'm a movie. I was a movie fiend as a kid, so I knew the devastating effects of, like, drugs, cocaine. I was just like, I, I don't like this. Yeah, And so when I would see it in, in my own environment, I was like, Oh, I'm not comfortable with this. I got it. And so, yeah, so I knew it then. And by the time Illmatic came out, cut too. I'm in New Mexico at this time because I, I left. So when Illmatic hit the streets, I was in a totally different environment, but I still had that, you know, Chicago upbringing yeah. that, that I would, you know, go back to listening to this record.
2: Yeah. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.
3: What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network.
2: My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others. Photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy. And I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go on to the third song on the album, Life's a Bitch. Uh, It's produced by LES. No. Over a sample from the Gap Band's 1981 ballad "Yearning for Love," this is the third single. It features A.Z., no. who is the only credited guest rapper on the record, and also a cornet solo played by Nas's father, yes. Olu Dara. Oh Great goodness. name. This is just a bleak narration about getting high because you never know <laughs> when you're gonna go. That's why we puff la. Uh, and the phrase "life's a bitch" and then you die. Um, just a very like familiar uh saying to the black community, basically to everybody. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a real con uh, controversial opinion mm-hmm. about this song. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, a lot of people think that A. Z. might have had a better verse
0: than Nas. I can't I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that because let me give you my first reaction when mm-hmm. I heard his verse. That That's what made me fall in love with the album, as a matter of fact. Because New York State of Mind was just like, yo, what, this is an experience. When I heard AZ kick off the rhyme in the way that he did, I immediately like, Yo, this. I ran a song back like five times. I was just like, who is this dude? I'm looking looking at the back of the, I'm just like, Lerone is not getting this CD back. Yeah, like, fuck Lerone. <laughs> fuck your couch. I'm keeping this. <laughs>
2: AZ also has probably the mm-hmm. oddest word I've ever heard in a rap song. Uh Peter, play 37 seconds.
1: Now some best in the pieces some are sitting in San Quentin. Others such as myself are trying to carry tradition. Keeping this weapon rest and a western societies, of Cause it provides a-
0: Schwepper vessel That's some shit you would say I've never heard that word before or since That was like
2: vessel It was an ad uh, From the club soda company Schweppes uh, And that was basically The essence of the club soda Is Schweppervescent So that, yeah dude that's the shit that blows your mind. Makes the verse even better. Uh, it's. I thought it's, he just made some shit up. Well, there, there's some other words in here we're gonna pull out, not from this verse, but some other shit. Um. So, so tell me before we get into the
0: question, like, tell me what this song does to you, like, uh, why you enjoy it. You know what I say? Like when people ask you, "What's your favorite hip hop song of all time?" I say this often. Really? Yes, because this song is short. It's perfect. Each verse is perfection. Like, even even though they say, you know, AZ might have outshined Nas, Nas's verse is perfect. And so, and then when the horn comes in at the end, I (laughs) flatline. I laid in the casket, lowered myself down six feet, buried my own self, laid in it. Got exhumed, <laughs> released your own dust, put in the oven, <laughs> incinerated, and then put myself in the urn, and then spread my own ashes. I was like, "This is this is all I need." Yeah. That horn at the end was completely unexpected, and it took the album to a whole new level for me. What a great way to to say
2: such a a true statement. Yeah. I mean, life is a bitch, and then you die. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a perspective that that so many have. I think the you know the the idea that it's just like, dude, we're we're gonna die. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be hard. So right. let's just get high. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's that's why I took fentanyl. You know, <laughs> same as weed, kind of. <laughs> Everybody out there, big fentanyl crowd. A few yeah, yeah, yeah. of you, <laughs> I see a couple of you scratching yourself. But that's a word, Schweppervessen, mm-hmm. that I feel you would use. Yeah, and you have so many <laughs> different interesting like like i mean not just like damn
0: damn rudy Uh, oh cram i I, I like words man like i I really i don't know what it is like you know when i when you when you grow up watching tv shows watching movies it's all about dialogue and you just listening to people talk and then when you go beyond, like, your your slang in your environment, you're to other words that, you know, pop. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hemoglobin. Huh? Yeah. Oh, haberdashery. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> perpendicular. It was yeah. just like. Dude, that's a great one. Man. I love perpendicular. Perpendicular? Perpendicular
2: or... is one of my top three words. Man. 100%. <laughs> I use that all the time. Oh, per- my I, I God. never use it right, probably.
0: Words are funny because I'm obsessed with, like, names and words. Yeah, and it's just like you know when, when somebody has like a funny first and last name, I'm like, hey, yo, his name, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Douglas Pender Hughes. He's just like, yeah, that's funny.
2: But I got we got a, we we got this dude that worked at our uh, Outback Steakhouse, uh, and he his name was like Eddie, and we we're like, you're not Eddie. Yeah. You look like Ernie Pumpernickel. <laughs>
0: the Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel is one of the best words of all time. I know, and it's a great bread. <laughs> fantastic My dad bread. put me on to that bread. I used to go to his house every weekend yeah. and I was like, what's this black bread? It's Pumpernickel. And I was like, <laughs> woo! That would be my porn name if I did porn. Really? Tony Pumpernickel. That's, that's great. Man. That, it
2: works in so many facets. Come on, man. Um, let's
0: go into The World is Yours
2: because yes. it is. It is your world. The piano. Oh, it's this. Alright, so this has one of my favorite moments on the entire record. Uh, kick it, Peter.
1: Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's to my man, ill will, God, God, God bless your life. To my people, throughout wild God bless your life. A we box of crazy bitches aiming guns and all my baby bitches. People with housing police for these scriptures that's maybe Hitler's. you number am the money getting stabbed, rolling foul. The versatile honey sticking wild, golden child dwelling in the rotten
2: apple. So you this was the tackle. fourth single. Uh, it features <laughs> Pete Rock. Uh, and once again, we've had three different uh, fucking producers and it still feels like the same record. Um, The title comes from a scene from 1983, Scarface. The music video is of Nas in a bathtub inspired by the movie as well. Uh, It's interesting that Nas refers to the children he didn't have yet. So he goes, thinking a word best describing my life to name my daughter, my strength, my son, the star will be my resurrection. Uh, two months after Illmatic was released, Nas had a daughter named Destiny and later a son, Knight. Um I love this song. This is one of those songs that I don't think I liked it off the jump. When I mm-hmm. listened to this a few years ago, I, it didn't really... It didn't it didn't get me the way it got me now. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine would play this all the time when we'd just, you know, be partying and and I dug it. Uh-huh. But there's something about it now, hearing it with the rest of the record, hearing it sequenced. Yeah, it's track four. Mm-hmm. It just feels really right yeah. in this moment mm-hmm. in the in the album. Yeah, um, what are your thoughts?
0: I love it. Uh, th- like I said earlier, this was the the song that got my attention on Nas. I was just like, "Yo, this the piano, the vibe, the 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 chorus." I was just like, and the, and then the bars and in the in between. I was just like, "Yo, there's a reason why." this song is heavily sampled. Like Nas Nas is one of the most sampled MCs that I can think of in hip hop. Like they always take a quote from him and put it in other records. Like this song right here, the sample in this song, Jay-Z used in Dead Presidents. Yes. And so, you know, that's a testament to his writing and to the things that he says. It's just like, yo, people keep sampling this. And so I was just like, the wordplay, and I was just like, man, this is fantastic. And so I credit World Is Yours for really putting me on to the Illmatic album. Really? Yeah, because the once, one that did it. Once I saw that video, I was just like, I need to get this out. <laughs> it was in that moment at Oliver's house Rap City Top 10 Countdown. I was like, I need this record. Was this popular? Was this like one of the popular tracks? Because I was with a dude.
2: uh, I did a show on on Saturday, and I was talking to my buddy Emery, and we were talking about perfect songs. Yeah. And he made a list of of a playlist on Spotify of all his perfect songs. Uh And it started with this. He goes, dude, this is perfect. Yeah. Do you it think is. this is perfect?
0: I think this whole album's perfect. Yeah. So, of course. Yeah, this you is know your know baby. I mean? Yeah. This All right, is-
2: let's talk about The World Is Yours. Mm-hmm. Because I've known you, like I said, since 2008. Right. We, we were out there fucking playing... Every shitty open oh, mic, every fucking God. yes, every fucking club, every yes. everything,
0: and, and we can oh, get our hands on yeah, we man. Because
2: because we love it, and, yeah. and, and, and what I love about you is that you did everything on your own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've built this. I don't want to call it an empire, but it's like it's getting close to it. Even when I see what you're doing with your homies, yeah. your next special that's about to come out mm-hmm. is literally you helping other comics that you started with Mm -hmm. so in a sense with i mean you've got well over a million followers on social media Mm -hmm. i mean the world is yours um when did you realize that
0: that the world was yours um it really came when when you can say no that's when you realize your power when you can say no like you know in this game in the entertainment game stand-up comedy it, it's tough. It's yeah. like it's, it's hard to make it. It's hard to break through. It's hard to find your thing. And if you're not like uh, popping or you didn't, you didn't get cast in anything huge and you got to build your fan base and your momentum from practically scratch, you get desperate like or thirsty for like, I'll, I'll, I'll take whatever you have. I'll take, yeah, I'll take that. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the role, please. <laughs> and so once you can be like, nah, I'm cool like i'm I'm good, like you know, and still be confident that you could something else may come along that'd be a better fit for you, yeah. or like you know, if you're not happy with the rate you can be like, nah, I'm good, you know, and having the confidence and the comfort to know that something better is coming around the corner or you know knowing your worth, all of that makes you feel like, oh man, the world the world is mine at this point, like yeah. you know I can I feel like I can really set my sights and do all the things I set out to do now. Yeah. And so that probably hit me like, uh, shoot, probably 20, probably not until like 2016, 2017, where I started to feel like I can say no to some things. Yeah. And I'll be all right. But to get to this place,
2: what have you had to sacrifice?
0: Oh, man. Like, you know, you go through guilt, like, especially I'm a father, so my sons are 20 and 19. So when you when you really chase you know, your dream you know, you you have to put the time in. And so with that comes time away from from the boys and from, you know, my ex wife and like, you know, so that type of sacrifice is like, man, you know, you feel bad. And like uh I tweeted something uh late last year, um, might have been early this year. I was just like, you know, I always felt guilty because I spent my time away from the boys chasing my dream. But on the flip side of that now I can help support their dream because I stuck with mine. So you know, my son is in college. I can I can pay his tuition because I never gave up on the dream, and so that feels good. Like fuck you, Sally Mae. Yeah. We ain't
2: taking no fa- <laughs> loans. What are they call FAFSA. I'm paying straight cash. Yeah.
0: Oh, I can't pay the I can't pay the full to it. It's an expensive school. Yeah, it's, you gotta do but, installments. But, but Yeah, but yeah, so I got the but books. just having that, having that little, you know, Dad I need five five K and I'm like, I got you. That's rewarding. To be like oh man Well you know it, At least it wasn't in vain Well how do you How do you do that
2: Like cause I saw you out At every open mic Yeah And I mean I know they're 19 and 20 now right. But I mean when we started That's 12 years ago I mean they can't raise themselves And I know you uh, You have an ex-wife now Right And you got a new girl But like how Like how do you do that How do you tackle your dreams Right Knowing you've got two kids Like so mm-hmm. like how does I, I don't i was always fascinated by that yeah because i remember one time i remember when i had a pregnancy scare that one time mm-hmm, yeah and we were at fuck where were we uh we were somewhere but i was maybe like ha ha or some shit like yeah. that and i pulled you aside and i was uh-huh. like yo man i was like i got my girl pregnant i don't know what to do. how do you do it and you were like yeah.
0: <laughs> sit down so how do you do it uh for me it was uh because we we came out here with the with the intent on me going for the goal, like me going, you know, for the acting thing, and then, you know, once I started doing stand-up, I was like, yo, this, and so that became, and it was still like, you know, I still wanted to, you know, do the acting thing, like, yeah, the stand-up would transition into acting, but I fell in love with the comedy more, so it became like I already knew that I had to put the time in, and like, I was excited to put the time in, because, Throughout my life, I felt like I was searching for what I loved to do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I I had this whole, like, you know... Uh, area in my 20s when I'm in college trying to figure it out and I'm changing my major and I'm taking L's and I'm failing classes. I failed chemistry twice. I I failed. Don't don't beat yourself up. I had to cheat off some
2: Asian dude in my math class to pass college math. Basic bare minimum math. Yeah. Like I had to cheat. I literally said to the guy, dude, it's like, if you don't help me, like I don't graduate. I am done with numbers.
0: That's real. Yeah. And I, I busted my ass for this one math class. I'm in the math center. Night after night I scraped by with a C minus for the final grade. That's and I was like, woo, yeah. you would have thought I was Rudy, <laughs> man. <I> was- <laughs> The hard <laughs> claps. I got a C minus, but I feel like that was just like hoist me up on the shoulders. <laughs> that was a moment. Donate, oh Donate, man, Donate. I busted my ass because math is not my friend. Yeah, so I failed genetics. I failed ecology. I failed chemistry, and so it was just like. Meanwhile, I'm seeing my peers graduate on time, and like you know, my ex-wife, she she did a quick four and out. Yeah, she she. I'm gonna be a nurse. Four and out. She graduated. I'm just like, Ugh, I'm changing my major again. And so I'm in this limbo of career and like life. And I'm just in that limbo for felt like ten years. Yeah. So when I finally arrive at stand up comedy, I was just like, This is what I'm meant to be doing. And so I was excited to finally tackle something that I was passionate about and that I could I, I could have control over and and put the work in. So I was like, Yes. Yeah. So a part a part of it is like, you know, you can you can call it selfish because i was away from the family but at the same time it was like but i need to do this you know what i'm saying i won't be any good if i don't if i don't fulfill this yeah so yeah
2: and you were funny right off the jump too thanks man right off the jump all right next song halftime oh yeah all right so you remember when i said a few songs ago that that was my favorite moment yeah i lied oh kick it it's
1: like that you know it was like that I got it him, now you never get the mic back When I attack, they ain't an army that can strike back So I react never calmly on a hype track I set it off with my own rhyme Cause I'm as ill as a convict who kills for full time I max like a sex, a flex like sex And your stereo sets, now it's a catch wreck I used to hustle, now all I do is relax and strive That
2: and is was, fucking a uh, the shit, dude What I love about this song, half time. Is that this is the perfect blend of conscious rap and commercial rap? Mm -hmm. Because this was the first single, if I'm not mistaken. This came out two years prior. Yeah, it was Uh, on the Zebrahead sound. It was on Zebrahead. And actually, I texted fucking Michael Rappaport about Uh this because I was like, because he knows so much about hip hop. I was like, dude, I do not want to come off sounding stupid. I know hip hop, Uh but I'm a Wu-Tang guy. Yeah, I'm Wu-Tang and then assorted other motherfuckers like Black Star and shit like that. Yeah, but I fucking love this song. So this is produced by Lars professor Mm. this is actually dope you'll dig this this was supposed to be a Busta Rhymes beat oh but he slept on it Uh and then after hearing the song he realized that he fucked up (laughs) and this was uh the solo debut uh this was back when he was still called Nasty Nas yeah And he was being heralded as the new Rakim for his verbal dexterity, expansive vocabulary, and rhyme construction. Yeah. Fire lyrics Uh throughout the whole song. Right. I drop jewels, wear jewels, hope to never run it, with more kicks than a a baby baby in a mother's mother's stomach. stomach. (laughs) Do y'all motherfuckers understand what I'm saying? With more kicks than a
0: baby in a mother's stomach.
2: I I think this is the best representation uh, of Nas Uh as an artist. I feel like this is... I, I almost feel like, you know, I'm not saying you start the album with this. Yeah. But if you were gonna be like, yo, you gotta hear this guy Nas, I'm like, I have never heard Nas. I don't know why <laughs> I made him like <laughs> from that Slovakia. That I have never heard. I have never heard of Nas. I have never heard Nas. Play it for this. And I put on and I put on
0: halftime. This yeah. is the
2: song uh that I would show. Uh tell me about it. What are your thoughts?
0: Now now I wasn't aware of the song. When it, I didn't, I didn't know they released it on the Zebrahead soundtrack. I remember the movie. oh you said you liked movies. That was that was. <laughs> I saw the movie. Okay. I saw it in the Wright Michael Rappaport. That was my intro to Michael Rappaport. And so I was just like, yo, that movie was cool. And it had like a cool soundtrack. But I, I didn't I didn't have the soundtrack. I didn't have access to it. And so when I by the time I heard halftime, it was just a part of the Illmatic experience. So it was just like, yo, this is dope. It It's like, you know it was on the zebrahead soundtrack. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I didn't know that. What? And so um, I was just like, wow. So I missed that. Yeah. I missed the boat. Actually, I missed the the main source boat. What like live at the barbecue, I missed that.
2: I've never seen that. I, I didn't know about that until I started doing the research for this. Record. Yeah,
0: I missed that song when it was hot. here. And here's another thing: I was aware of MC Search because MC Search played played, played a large a large role in Nas, you know, getting his record deal. Yeah, and so uh, MC Search had Nas on his album, is uh, his solo album, and uh, he had Nas on the track. And so at that time it was back to the grill again, mm-hmm. and Nas came out, kicked, it, and I was just like, "Yo, that, that verse was fire, you know." Yeah. But it never registered at the time. Nas was slipping under my radar the whole time, and Legs. it just goes to show you—you you feel when you feel. Yeah, like somebody can be like, "Listen to this," and he'd be like, "Yeah, hey, whatever." But then one day it'll just hit you randomly, and then that's when it got you. Yeah. And so once I got got on Rap City Top Ten. <laughs> I was everything Nas, I was digging in from that moment on. Yeah.
2: Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. All right, let's talk Let's talk nasty for a second, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you keep posting all these videos that keep getting flagged. Oh yeah. On uh social media with your fucking in- hilarious voiceovers, dude. Like you you've you've hit a genre. I mean, you created your own style and and it, they just keep getting better and better. Still I uh, still to this day uh Quandrell, Quandrell, that's the funny dude. I was laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> like it's still I show it to people. I'm like, yeah. you ever know, seen this shit Quandrell with the pockets. So so tell me about what happens with that and why they keep getting pulled down.
0: Uh, they get pulled down because people people get those videos licensed. So they have companies out here that that, that acquire the videos and they license them. And so it's hard for me to differentiate what's licensed and what's not. And so I never take ownership. I don't I don't monetize these videos. I just do them for the hell of it cuz people love them. They love them. And so and it's viral. These videos are already viral. So I don't know where the source came from so I don't know who originated it who who has licensing rights so if I see like a watermark if it's like a company that no license videos I won't touch it now because yeah. I'll be like all right they're gonna pull it down but if it's just you know uh, videos coming from every which way I just do them real quick and just put them out and so with the pull downs though <laughs> the pull downs were epic because I got my first Facebook page snatched really they, they deleted that my and that was it's my probably fa- a
2: blessing too,
0: man. But that was my that was my first Facebook page. So my real friends and family were all all, all of that <laughs> white clean. And that was my first fan page. And at the time, I had like five hundred thousand. Uh, oh wow! Followers at the time, they was like, nah, we shutting down the studio. How am I gonna
1: talk to my nana.
0: Man, she got to call that gone, man. She nah. got, but then we out. we had the pictures <laughs> all gone. <laughs> And so I had to start a new Facebook page and I had to rebuild from scratch. Oh. Yeah, so I had to get I had to get the numbers back up. And they and they went up quickly because people loved the voiceovers.
2: Did you are the Lenny Bruce of fucking animal Man, voiceovers, duh. bro? Do you understand what you're doing? <laughs> you fucking these people these people like shoot like at a farm real quick and they're just like they post it and they get all this shit and then you take it, ump it to the next level, dude. You halftime that shit, dude. Half-time. Kick like a baby in yeah, the stomach. I know I stomach. fucked that up. All right, Memory Lane Sitting in the park. Yeah. Uh so this is a this is a sneak attack song because mm-hmm. You think by the organ and the music mm-hmm. that this is gonna be this like positive yeah. song, but instead it's just this bleak fucking song about Nas talking about the Queensbridge projects. Mm-hmm. And this is the one I was talking about earlier, how he was forced to feel like a grown-up when he was still just a teenager. Um I love the opening verse. Uh, Peter, play it. I
1: rap for listeners, blunt heads, fly ladies, and prisoners. Hennessy holders and old school niggas, then I will be dissing her. Unofficial that mo' hoolie tie. I dropped out of high, a coolie high. gas the wild cold cutie pie. Jungle survival fuck with the lava. My man put the battery in my back. A difference for times energizer. Sentence begins attempted. With formality, moderation's infinite. Money, wise, and physiology. He
0: said Who a cold cat cutie pie. Yeah. That paints a picture. You know, it's a cute girl, but she's cold. Out. Yeah. But I've, she's still
2: cute. I mean, they can be. They can be. Until, <laughs> right? like, the end of the night, you know, at, like, at 10 p.m., they're cute. Yeah. At about, you know, 9 a.m. Oh, God. Uh, what the hell did I get into <laughs> in memory lane? I'm too old for this.
0: Man. <laughs> I, love, I love one of the verses on that. One for the money, two for a pussy in foreign cars, three for A niggas deceased and behind bars. Just... The stuff he constructed here's the thing I like about this album too. There's not there's not a wasted lyric. No. Yeah. There's not an ounce a shred of wasted lyricism here. Like no fact. every every word and it, it's stuff you don't even catch till later. You just like, oh, that's what that oh God. There's no filler rap.
2: No. Not at like, all. Oh,
0: so Nas is quoted
2: saying, I just felt like all the shit I saw in Queensbridge, it meant something. For some reason, I knew this ain't the average shit a kid my age is supposed to be seeing. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something special about what I was seeing, and it wasn't all good. This was real life. It's situations, whether it's welfare or my friends having dope fiend parents or teenagers being chased by the cops. Yeah, that'll grow you up quick, dude. You know, that's
0: exact. That's exactly. That's funny that you said that, because that's exactly, you know, my experience growing up, you know, in Chicago it was just like I shouldn't be seeing some of these things. And, and then you get to think, like, maybe every city is like this. You know what I'm saying? Because that's all, you know, until you, you know, maybe go out to the suburbs until you travel. But if you don't, you're just like this. This is life. This is what it is. And the fact that he said that, I was like, yeah, I get it well, you, 100%.
2: You, but you have, you have two kids, mm-hmm. and I've, I've seen your Instagram. Both of them look like they're doing great. Yeah. Like, they look like really good kids. Like, how do you – you, but you still live in Los Angeles, which right. is a fucking <laughs> rough city. It's yeah. hidden by beauty and palm trees and right. beautiful
0: people. Yeah. And we
2: got so many beautiful girls showed up tonight, all with <laughs> legs. <laughs> legs. They got the calf muscles They got the calf out. muscles the thighs, and the quadriceps. You know and the
0: dude's got beards, you know what I'm saying, shirts so Put your shirt on, sir. Yeah, yeah. put your shirt on. Put not, your dude. nipples up, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Actually leave them out. <laughs> just leave them, them out. Put your nipple on the table and put the drink on top of the nipple. How yeah, do you yeah, how do
2: goes. you how do you make sure that your kids don't get involved in that shit? Are you the hardcore dad as well, or is it just like kill them with kindness?
0: I I'm mindful without being too pushy. Like, you know, because I, I also want them to be individuals. I've always wanted my kids to be individuals. Like, you know, you you set forth the rules, the guidelines, and you you pull them aside for the lessons that they may need. Like I remember one time uh, my son, he was, he was holding a stack of money and he put that on his Instagram. And I was like, I text him like, take that down. Yeah. <laughs> take that shit <laughs> down. And he was like, oh, he took it <laughs> down immediately. But it's like, we're not doing that. This is not who we are. We're not, like doing, yeah. we're not doing the stack of cash phone. It's not who we are. I didn't raise you like that. And so you still have those moments where just like, but you have to allow, especially young men, to kind of feel it out just to see, you know, and they were raised in Burbank. So, you know, Burbank is safe. It's a it's a safe – that's why we moved there. It was like good schools, safe. I don't have to worry about them. Uh, there's no real gang presence like that. And so I, I kept that in mind I when know. we were looking for a place to Did stay. Do you hear about the Ikea killers? No. <laughs> no, nah, is that real? No, nah, I made it Okay. Up. <laughs> say, they out here <laughs> the IKEA killing killers. you with table legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, the flack, the flapper fiends. Man.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what it's in Burbank. I don't even know. Yeah, they
0: had gangs back in the day, but I haven't seen like a ton of activity. But like, um, so I kept that in mind when we when we picked Burbank. And so, because you always want your kids to be in a, ve- a better environment than you were in. Yeah. And so, I, you know, very mindful of that. And you know, me and my ex wife, we, we that was just important to us to have them in a safe environment, a safe space. And so I would, like, you know, I would look at, like, areas around L.A., like Highland Park, and, like, you know, I would read about, like, racially motivated killings there and, like, you know, with certain gangs and, like, people getting greenlit. And I was just like, nah, that ain't the move right there. Or, like, you know, uh, staying stand away from, like, seedy areas. So yeah.
2: So, yeah, man. There's some seedy areas in Burbank, though, once you get around the airport. With like oh yeah, yeah that's that way. Yeah, it could be a little. It could be a little seedy. Th-
0: there's a couple of little pockets in Burbank where you just kind of like, all right, it's kind of gritty right here. But yeah. it's no, it's no North Hollywood. You know what I mean? Oh no, and Hol- I know, I know there was a murder in Burbank uh, a few weeks ago. Really? Like, on my walk route, I was like, I was walking and they had it taped off. They had the yellow tape. I couldn't go go forward. And then I googled. Because they had the news trucks out there and everything. I was like, what's going on? I Googled what happened. Straight up homicide. Break home invasion, homicide, two people dead, one person shot, critical condition. Russian roulette. Nice house. Really? Dope, dope whips in the in the driveway. Well, I was just like,
2: What's going on? You know what happened? He took an Instagram picture holding money. <laughs> he was like, he didn't he have you. Up. He, <laughs> he like, didn't have you. They had the address <laughs> in the back pulled up. <laughs> yeah, he's like,
0: why is he holding? Man. Why is he holding a, a fucking letter made out to run right. the cash like this? Where I live, everybody. Man, and now I'm obsessed with that house because I want to know more.
2: Oh, are you big into, like, the murder-like oh, TV shows and all that shit? come on, Forensic man. Files?
0: Like, I watch Forensic Files. You know, we comedians, so I mm-hmm. travel. Every hotel, I turn it to uh, HLN every time. And Forensic Files be on all night. Yeah. And I just let it play. Oh, I'm with you, dude. Damn my man.
2: My favorite show is this show on ID called Fear Thy Neighbor, oh. which is, you'll love it, dude. Uh-huh. If you have ID, it's everybody should watch it. If anybody <laughs> watched Fear Thy Neighbor- Man. It's about, it's literally Hatfield and McCoy shit, but real shit. So it's about like, it's about like this family that moves into like a neighborhood mm-hmm. and there's another family that's been living there. And then it's usually over dispute over lawn or like, yeah, you don't, you know, take the trash cans oh back in God. and it starts a beef and then, uh, people always die. Somebody always dies. And here's the, here's the shit. They do, uh, reenactments, but oh. they also do interviews with the surviving people. Right. Oh, snap. But here's what's funny. The show takes place where it's set, where they're like that, where where you would think those kind of disputes would happen. Yeah, Alabama, Florida, uh-huh. South Carolina, yeah. but they shoot the show in Canada. And all the actors are in Canada, so, they, so they'll interview like one of the real people, and they'll be like, well, so I told Skeeter to go down there and handle what the, what the Johnsons were doing, and then they go to the actors, and it's like, I told you to get off my lawn, eh? Oh, get man. off my lawn, eh? Come on, Skeeter. <laughs> Billy Ray, we got a
0: ghoul. We got a ghoul. We got a ghoul.
2: Watch it. It's dope. All right. One love. Oh, man. The Q-tip song. Yes. Uh, He sings the hook. This is the fifth and final single. It's a detailed letter to an incarcerated friend to catch him up on the news about his hood, his crew, and his relationship Mm, outside. Uh, This has a line. Mm-hmm. much like Schwepper Vessens, okay. Uh that fans have debated and can't understand Peter Platt.
1: Shorty's laugh was cold-blooded as he spoke so foul Only 12 trying to tell me that he liked my style Then I rose, wiping the blunt's ass for my clothes and froze, only to blow the earth smoke through my nose And told my little man I'm a ghost, I prose Left some juice in his skull that he could sell if he chose Words of wisdom from Nas, try to rise up above Keep an eye out for Jake Shorty Wap one Love uh-huh.
2: Then froze, only to blow the herb smoke through my nose and told my little man, "I'm a ghost." I broze, oh. b r o z e, Bros, huh? Okay. Nas later <laughs> explained that bros meant the past tense of breeze, which meant to leave because he oh. didn't like the way breezed right. sounded. Yeah. That sounds
0: like something you'd say, <laughs> a bros. Bro. Man, I You know the past tense. Yeah. You know what's dope about that that particular that rap line mm-hmm. is that it's in the movie Belly, is it? Yeah, that that uh, that scene in Belly when he's talking to that kid on the park bench. Yeah, that's that scene, and so that's why uh, Nas gets partial writing credit for Belly because that's the exact moment. Dude, what the fuck happened to Hype Williams? Why can't why
2: isn't he making other movies? Dude, Belly was
0: the shit. Belly, Belly, story-wise, the shit was all over the place. It was was all over the goddamn. It's a guilty pleasure. But visually, it was amazing. Yeah. And I wanted to see more from Hype Williams. But he was he was slated to direct Bad Boys 3 at one time. Oh, wow. Uh, But then, you know, that didn't that didn't materialize. But visually. He bros. That's why he he bros. bros. He bros. I like One Love a lot because. He's writing a letter and he's painting another picture, Mm -hmm. talking to an inmate friend and just giving us the full scoop and the skinny on what's going on in the community and what's going on around him. And I'm all for that. I love storytelling rap. Mm -hmm. And so this is perfect. And then Q-Tip on the production. (laughs) I love him. Q-Tip. On the the chorus I'm just like yes What's so great Is that on
2: Spotify You know When the album ends This album ends Uh It plays in like The Nas style Of like different music So it would be like Farside Uh Some Wu-Tang And then uh, Right when this album Ended today It it started with Back in in the day When I was a teenager Before I had status I was just like Oh fuck dude. Yeah. Like come on. Like I'm just feeling it, dude. Yeah. So this is really interesting about this song. Mm-hmm. Uh it also has shout outs to his other friends in prison including his childhood friend Cormega. Yes. Uh who later became Nas's rap rival. Yeah.
0: Do you know about that? Yeah, like, because uh Cormega I remember him mentioning him on this record and then, you know, they were supposed to be in the firm together. Like the the group The Firm, it was a uh, Nas, A. Z., <laughs> Tom Cruise, <laughs> uh, the old old mill guy, what's the, Wilford Brimley, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, Gene Hackman, but it was, it was Nas, A. Z., Foxy Brown, and Cormega, that. and so, and then they were, they were doing like remixes off the It Was Written, and then I guess they had that falling out, so they replaced Cormega with Nature, and so I was like, oh they must have had a falling out, and he doesn't address the Cormega thing until Stillmatic. On that destroy and rebuild song, and so it's like, damn, man, you know, I was hoping because I like Cormega as well, and I'm glad that Cormega's on his latest album, uh, King's Disease, that just came out, and so it's good to see them back. But, um, but I knew about the beef, and I was just like, because Nas had beef with like Prodigy, Cormega, it was just like, no, nah, nah. did, did
2: he beef with Cannabis, or is that more like a like nah. a Y Cleft? I just
3: remember, yeah, that, was, can- that, was, I
0: remember- L- that was LL LL and cannabis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm.
2: I, I just remember cannabis was like fucking with everybody. He was like the he was like the Joe Buttons. You are like Jesus. This dude is
0: like he he was uh, and and really like I th- I feel like he took a playful jab at LL Cool J and LL took super offense to it and went. Ultra he's, on it And so Cannabis kind of Had to come back With a little something But also,
2: also You kind of think That LL Has that kind of ego Because mm-hmm. when you saw Jamie Foxx's Comedy special Yeah And he's like We're we're acting Like yeah. We're not really Playing football Yeah It and got he, real And it got real Do yeah. you You don't seem like You have beef Do you have you held on to beefs long?
0: Um, I can. You know, I can hold on to a beef. Like if I have one, like Do you have uh, anyone
2: you can talk about that you know, like, like without naming names. I mean, yeah, there's
0: a comedian now that I want to address, but uh, <laughs> I I can't really say anything to him. But I, I his energy has been fucking with me for a long time, and it's so you know, you know, taking little jabs here and there. And then he jabbed up a friend of mine, and so I was just like, I was ready to finally pull him to the side so we can have a conversation because he's just been consistently like negative and like you know uh, just throwing little shots of shade for years now. But I've kept it quiet. I was just like, ah, you know. But now I'm at the point where I just want to address him, and it's just like, and now he's biting on on Instagram. So it's just like he's stealing. I mean, he's biting style right oh. now. Yeah, he's biting the style. And so, and, and it sucks because he's a great comedian. Like, he makes me laugh, but I'm just like, I need to have a conversation with him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, do it. so, yeah, so it's just like, you know, when people bother me, but one thing about me, I like to address the issues. Like, when I do have an issue, I like to be like, all right, let me tell you what I'm not feeling. Yeah. So yeah, you so, have
2: to do that. Yeah. If not, it's you're gonna hold on to resentment, and mm-hmm. and also you it, by you just talking to him, it could uh, he could just be like, oh, I had no fucking idea. Yeah. Or or that could be a complete another lie out of their mouth, and mm-hmm. you're just like, motherfucker, you yeah. are biting.
0: Or it could be like, man, fuck you, and then you know get to get the wrestling and then yeah, tussling, that would, shoes, you big dude. and you know dress shoes sliding, ankles twisting with the chop, yeah, yeah the that's neck yeah <laughs> good
2: you're just and like all right listen the man. You, give him, you give him that like hand that you do that like right in the fucking in the in the cranium That's and the and the medulla if i can, can get you right
0: between the eye and the nose crevice the right the in thorax there. <laughs> human thorax good dude squash the
2: beefs it's oh and i also
0: the- wanted to say this about q-tip right. i like seeing because you know we equate a lot of times people equated tribe called quest and De La soul is like you know the hippie movement, PM Don like, style. Yeah, it's just yeah. like yeah. But then hearing Q-Tip on like a gritty record like this, and hearing Q-Tip again on Mob Deep's The Infamous album, it's just yeah. like I love how the Gritty Cats embrace Q-Tip as well for his musicianship and what he brings to the table. You have and to, he's from Queens, but you have to, yeah.
2: Like dude, Tribe Called Quest is, I mean if if they're not in the rock and roll hall of fame uh, like they need to be because absolutely. i i feel like how much music they've influenced by by so i mean so much that came after them and still like Tip is still a part yes. of of some of the coolest clicks that are out there yes. and he's still one of the most respected dudes In in my opinion has probably the most interesting voice in hip hop i can't argue that that nasally like yeah. yo know, it's so distinctive dude, so i got to tell this story uh-huh I worked I as a PA in Baltimore on the movie uh, The Invasion. Oh, yeah, in Baltimore. <laughs> uh, the movie The Invasion. If you remember that, it had Daniel Craig and yes. Cole Kidman. Yes, yes. Q-Tip was in that, but he got cut. I got a picture in my phone. I'll show you this shit. But- so I we, we were we were doing, doing like the the chow line, you know what do you call it like the the feeding tent yeah. we're having a little 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 downtime mm-hmm. and Q tips in the line so I just fucking get right up next to him yeah. and I'm just like yo man I was like I don't think you realize like uh you know Midnight Marauders is hands down one of my favorite hip hop yeah. records of all time uh-huh. I'm a huge fan I've seen you guys live this this and this and he's like oh yo that's that's fucking dope and then he turns to the to the woman handing out the food he goes hey yo lady. Don't be stingy with the mashed <laughs> potatoes. And I was like, I love this motherfucker. You love- said it like that. <clears throat> the
3: best.
0: Best day of my life. Man, though. Midnight Marauders, low end theory. Yeah. Phenomenal records. It, uh, hands phenomenal. down. Midnight hands- Marauders is one of my favorite album covers of all time. Especially. Oh, yeah.
2: Everybody was on. If you weren't on that album cover, you probably,
0: oh, you probably retired. I love it, man. You'd be on that album cover now. And that, that was that was ninety three. And so, like you know, it came out before Illmatic, but one—I'm telling you, once was it Ill, '93? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Low End Theory was '92, Midnight Marauders was '93, uh, and then once Nas reignited Wu Tang and Nas reignited my love for hip hop, I started digging digging back into like the stuff that yeah, I had dude. missed. And so, Midnight Marauders was one of those albums that you know, because I saw the Electric Relaxation album—I <sighs> mean, uh, video after it had been uh old yeah and so i was just like this song is amazing yeah what, dude because
2: what the- at the time all you were listening to was it feels good
3: no not
0: that tone yeah. it, was, it was the anniversary tone, tony good. tony tone. anniversary made for you Wait. and me ain't nobody got scared <laughs> on my block Wait, that's Bobby hey, Brand. No, is it yeah that's Hump of the around ah, okay my bad I but yeah.
2: <laughs> you do, you do the Mike Tyson. Remember the Mike Tyson oh. move? You do like the legs
0: yes. Like yes. <laughs>
2: Are these people entertained out there? Oh, yeah, they're doing it. i feeling it. That's yeah, my boy man. right there. <laughs> I don't even know him, but I like that guy. All right. One time for your mind. One time. Uh, <laughs> this is about what Nas does in his spare time. <laughs> Features a hook by his cousin, Grand Wizard, who went on to be called uh. Wiz in the Bravehearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, however,. It was quickly written and recorded and is often considered the weakest song on the album because of how strong most everything else is Okay um, But it does, in my opinion uh, Have some of the illest boasts ever uh, Peter playing
1: Never plan to stop when I write my hand is hot And expand a lot from the whiz wizard Camelot uh-huh. The parlayer yeah. I make your heads bop par I shine a light on perpetrators like a cop's uh-huh. car From day to night I play the mic and you'll thank God shit, so much the microphone and need a big job
2: Oh, my God. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Grave Diggers.
0: Oh, okay. I remember them. Doesn't it have like the a Rizzle, Grave Diggers? It's dark. There's a side group. Yeah, but this, and Prince
2: Paul. And hey, Prince Paul. Uh, but this is like one of the darker songs on the record. This yeah. is where it's not only what he's singing about is, is dark, but I mean, this this 100% sounds like hardcore or whatever they called it. Uh, thoughts on this? Do you think this is the weakest song on the record? Yes, I agree. Really?
0: Yeah this this was the one, this was the one that was like, all right, this is this is cool. It had to grow on me. This is the only song that had to grow on me, and it was like, um, I I was skip it initially, and then then as I'm letting the album play out, I'm like, yo, this is dope, and like his his bar, I shot my way out. My mom dukes. That's another. That was another lyric. That was heavily sampled in other tracks and it was just like, Yo, man, he's spitting. And yeah. so once it grew on me, I was all in. And so when I was driving here tonight and you crank that up, oh uh, I love this, this I can't it, when, when I when
2: I read that this was people's considered the yeah. worst song on the record, I was like, Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. This shit's fucking dope. It's dope. It's dope. It's dope. You put it on the car, you you know, you, you you open the windows, put the sunroof open, just fucking drive. Let's talk about reviews though, okay? Okay. What's the worst review you've ever gotten? Hmm,
0: the were. uh, I got a bad review recently. Like, I did an episode of uh, bad news for all their digital uh, that dropped uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were like, Man, this ain't it, man. This, man, Tony let me down in this one. It was like, Oh, 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 you know, they weren't feeling the the concept, so I was like, Oh. Uh, So that's a recent. um, Do you get a lot of people to like, because, I mean, you're posting so much. You're putting up so many
2: videos. I mean, do you get haters like.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. You know, they're sprinkled throughout. And um, usually and it's funny, man. I don't know why we do this. And like, you know, we get so many positive interactions from people, positive reactions. And then we focus on that one negative. Like you know, as a comedian, oh yeah, whole killing the whole room. Be that one person sitting there, like one person. They just posted <laughs> up the whole night, just and he's like, ah. that one person <laughs> gnaws at you the whole. Everybody else, they setting themselves on fire, dying, dying they die, they die, laughs, oh, crying. Somebody's in the casket over here. You killed my <laughs> husband, but we love it. And yeah, yeah. Forget all that. <laughs> this dude, and he's just being. That one dude, and like why do we focus on the negative so much and overlook all that positivity, and it's just like, man, I'm like, man, come on. I posted
2: a clip, or Comedy Central posted a clip of me from, uh, from a set that I did, uh-huh. and the first comment somebody read, or somebody wrote was, this dude's trash. <laughs> I was like, trash? Maybe it was garbage. Yeah. I think it was garbage, it stunk even, it hurt yeah. even more, because I was yeah. like, I'm not even trash? Garbage is worse
0: than garbage trash. garbage is like they want you to yo, this is garbage. Yeah. You you gotta put you you gotta really like you say trash take out the trash. But when you say garbage Yeah, it was garbage. That's when you really like disgusted by you know
2: what's going on. And it hurts. Do you ever do you ever like puff back at them when people try to hate on you online?
0: Uh I usually do it in a joking manner. Like, I'll be like, damn, man, garbage? Like, I come with the jokes after that. Like, I, I don't take super offense. like, well, yeah, you're broke. <laughs> like, I, I don't come like that, but I'll I just be like, man... What about my kids, man? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> am, I, am I at least like, you know, a garbage can full of newspapers yeah. that doesn't smell? Recyclables? Yeah, you know, what, what's in the trash can? Is it like old meats and like, you know, <laughs> stew? <laughs> Lentils that were just sitting in the fridge too long? Onions? You just go through everything that your vegan ass eats right yeah, now. Yeah, like, Tempeh? what's in there? Come on, man. Tempeh? Come, on. <laughs> Come on. Tofu? <laughs> Season, lemon pepper tofu? All
2: right. Represent. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, this highlights yeah. the dangerous similarities Between the rap game and the crack game yes. Peter, play
1: it The brutalizer, brutalizer, accelerator The type of nigga who be pissing in your elevator Somehow the rap game reminds me of the crack game Used to sport valleys and gazelles with black frames Now I'm into fat chain sex and text. Slot new chicks and new kicks Hines and bats Represent
2: So this references the Bridge Wars, which started as diss-record beefs between rival crews about the, where hip-hop started. Okay. Uh, people have always debated whether it's Queensbridge or the Bronx. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I had examples of who's from both, but I do not.
0: Well, the Bronx, you got uh, KRS-One. Yeah. And MC Shan represented Queensbridge. MC Shan, um, Roxanne Shante, um, you know, Cool G Rap was Queens, oh, the Bronx know. The Bronx is Fat Joe, KRS one, um the Bronx, South Bronx. Big Pun. Uh Big Pun. Is he from the Bronx? I have no idea. I can't I, I can't like think. And he came out much later. Fat uh, Joe was around back then? Well Fat Joe Fat Joe hit the scene, I wanna say his debut album was like around ninety three, ninety four the fuck was i i just remember picking him up at lean back oh man he was out way
2: before that okay yeah man that's what i used to play that when i used to dj like weddings and bar mitzvahs uh so so this is something i found that i loved dj Premier produced a version of this earlier in the process of recording but once he heard how dope the beats on life's a bitch and one love sounded primo went back and remixed this because he didn't feel like it was up to par really the rest of the record yeah Yeah, i love that i
0: love represent like, this This is one of my favorites on the album. The beat is so, like, aggressive. It thumps. And the way Nas is rapping on the record, he turned it up a little bit in terms of, like, delivery. And I yeah. was just like, man, I love the type of nigga who'll be pissing in your elevator. It was just like, man. Because, you know, That's growing- I, I You piss in the elevator? i mean, I've I've done see? it. I, I lived in a slum. I lived in a slumlord building, and yeah. I, I hated the slumlord. And uh-huh. yeah, well, I didn't you even... did it for petty reasons. It wasn't-
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a full, like, spray. It was just yeah. like a tinkle.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because man, like, you know, uh in the projects in Chicago, you go to Robert Taylor homes or the Stateway projects, they were like, Don't get in the elevator. And once you see the elevator, it was pissy every time. Really? So once you said the type of nigga would be pissing in the elevator, I was like, I I've been in those pissy you know elevators. Those yes. Let's it's- talk let's
2: talk about <laughs> let's talk about pissing in a sense. <laughs> uh because you pissed off a few people uh-huh. uh online for the verses. Oh yeah, the versus career battles, which uh, I I watched. Uh, I mean, I forget which one re- I watched. The Anita Baker one uh-huh. that was just on. I watched a little bit of that. Oh, the Patty LaBelle. The Patty LaBelle. Uh, not Anita Gladys Baker. Mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um. But I but I really watched the Erica Badu, Jill Scott, which was one of like. Yeah. I mean, that was right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. So I was crying. I was like, "This is so." Be-. <laughs> and I, all I kept seeing was Tony Baker comedy. Yeah. Before I went to just Tony Baker, it was Tony Baker comedy uh-huh. with the comments. Uh, so you got pulled into one recently.
0: What happened between you and Teddy Riley? Oh, so here's the thing like um so <laughs> tell me. <laughs> when they, when Teddy Riley had the initial battle with Babyface, there were technical difficulties. And I so saw that, yeah. yeah, so you know, and Teddy Teddy was super excited. He had the he had the people in the background. Hi, he had the huge setup. He was dancing. I was just like, whoa! And Babyface was just sitting there, like he just he had sunglasses on. He was in his little home studio, and Teddy up there dancing, choreography. It was just like, man, he really. And Babyface was like, I got the hits. <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm bringing to. I got the hits, and I'm gonna press play. And Teddy had the full production, but. He had the janky Wi-Fi connection. Bad Wi-Fi. The internet connection was just... lamez. Man. And so (laughs) so everybody's clowning Teddy Riley all over social media about the the internet connection, about him doing a lot, and then the internet hating on his plans, throwing a monkey wrench in that lavish production. (laughs) So that goes by. He's all over (laughs) the internet. And so by the time we get to... I believe it was, uh, I'm trying to remember whose battle it was. I think it was John Legend and Alicia Keys. Ooh, I didn't see that one. that, That, I think it was that battle is when... When Teddy Riley came in, I said, oh, snap. Teddy Riley just came in the room. Hopefully our internet doesn't shut down. <laughs> and then he came back at me. He was like, look, brother. And then, you know, you could tell he was pissed. And he was like, that's why you're broke. And that, that, was, that was the through. He throwing. said, that's why you're broke? <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, oh, oh. And I didn't mean to offend him. I didn't know he was tired of the jokes. About his internet, and because he wasn't seeing it all over his timeline, and so I felt bad because I didn't want to offend him because I'm a fan. Yeah, and so uh, I was just like, "Oh man," you know. And so, but I kept, I kept, you know, commenting the thing, and then he ended up, uh, and then the people were like, "Come on, man, Teddy." It was just, you know, and I did like a, a post versus uh, video in my car. And I was just like, "Man, I pissed him off," you know. And that's the go-to rebuttal of any celebrity like that's why you broke that's the go-to yeah because and so he uh, got jokes yeah he, so i was just <laughs> like oh but i felt bad and so but he apologized on the internet and so everything blew over and it was all good and i was just like man that's cool to him to to reach out and apologize like that so, i
2: saw i saw recently that there is a petition For you to be banned from any of the verses. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How does that make you feel? (laughs) I was just like, wow, you are really pissed. Because I already knew that some people, I was getting on some people's nerves. With the constant, you know, comment in the verses,
2: you, you I, 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 would comment a few things, yeah. but like all, oh, like, oh, this is my jam, yeah. And I see it go up, but I'm, but then I'm also watching it on YouTube. I got my phone, I'm watching YouTube, yeah. And I never see my comment go by, and I'm uh, like, I got a blue check mark. Why the fuck my comment? My comment just got lost with all the other yeah. broke motherfuckers, like, yeah. But it's so. But yours were constantly,
0: yeah.
2: They were, they were, they were featured,
0: yeah, prominently. <laughs> So people see it. Yeah, and so, you know, I'm just having a good time, because what I am, I'm a genuine fan, first of all. So I'm not, you know, some people think I'm trolling, but I'm not, I'm just like, you know, I, I praise the people in the battle, I talk about my experiences with their music mm-hmm. that, I, that I really have, like in Brandy and Monica, I'm talking about buying Monica's album when it first dropped, getting Brandy's second album. I'm giving like real, you know, stories. Then I mix in like a joke here and there sure. depending on, Your comments. you know, whatever. And so, uh, and people are having a great time. They're like, oh man, I'm here for the comments. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, but then there's there's that, there's that, you know, people that, hey, I'm sick of it, man, you corny, man. Just stay out of the comments. And, you know, this one person was particularly upset. They was like, I'm starting a petition. <laughs> I need a hundred signatures tonight. We getting them out of here. Well, how many signatures is it up to? Because I know you're checking it. Uh, <laughs> my crew told me that they ended up the the petition's not up there anymore. Ah. Yeah, because I posted. it. I was like, "Yo, get your get your signatures," <laughs> and then I'm gonna do a counter petition. To get me back on. <laughs> uh,
3: it's
0: just like, man, is that serious? Petition so, to petition. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm a petition to start
2: a petition yeah. to get me back in so Absolutely. I can comment on the next verse. I love that, man. dude. That I love that you have gotten so big. Mm. That they have petitioned. Yeah, oh man. To keep your ass off of their enjoyment of legends.
0: I'm like, well, you're supposed to be watching the videos and listening to the music. Why are you in the comments? How is section? it your
2: fault that Teddy Riley has fucking Spectrum <laughs> and they suck balls and it, it didn't upgrade to the full plan? He's got that half ass <laughs> internet.
0: Man, though. All
2: right. Final song on the record. Oh
0: man, I hate to see it. Uh, to see no, it. Dude, we got other stuff after
2: this. Okay. We got nine, nine more hours of podcasting, bro. This is a, we're going to do the deluxe album. <laughs> yes. It ain't hard to tell. This was the first official single and probably one of the most popular songs. It includes a sample from Michael Jackson's 1982 yes. hit, Human Nature. This is something funny that I found. So Nas is quoted saying, because keep in mind, uh-huh. there was Nas doing this and then swv yeah taking the same sample so Mm -hmm. after me swv did right here with the same sample Uh, i felt like i was responsible for that record but the reality is that human nature was such a beautiful ass song that people wanted to replay it so when swv's record came out i was pissed because if i was to have a record for the radio that was the perfect one And SWV took the shine, and it it. was like, oh no, of course, it was my first record. I was like, wait, how am I going to get Michael Jackson to clear this? And then I realized, oh shit, we're label mates, so we can make it happen. So Nas had beef with SWV. Wow. Never knew. Never knew. never knew. This was also an earlier track called Nas Will Prevail that he had on his demo tape in 1991. His dad also plays cornet on it again, and... I think the second verse is just a perfect flex track. Uh, Peter, play the entire second verse.
1: Turn the base up, not stories by Aesop. Place your loot up, parties I shoot up. Niles analyze analyzed, drop a jewel. Inhale from the L, school of well. You are feeling like grill, it ain't hard to tell. I kick a skill like Shaquille holds a pill. Vocabulary spills, I'm ill. Plasmatic, I freak beat, slam it like iron sheet. Jam like a tech with correct techniques. So analyze me, surprise me, but can't magnetize me. Scanning while you're planning ways to sabotage me. I'll a froze like heroin in your nose. Nasa rock well, it ain't hard to tell. On, I man. leave him
2: froze like Heron in your nose. That is the Baltimore way of saying heroin. Mm-hmm. Heron. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Um, so obviously you know this song well. like, And obviously
0: it ain't hard at all.
2: So tell me your uh, thoughts on this song. What do you think?
0: I love it, man. The sample right out the gate. Uh, and it, it stands out from the rest of the album. Because yeah. the rest of the album is a little bit more gritty. And this is like the the... The feel good, you know, it's like oh man, this is a nice way to go out. Uh, and you could tell it's like the potential radio track. Oh, for sure, that'll, that'll bring everybody. But it does; it doesn't feel annoyingly like the radio track. Whereas SWV's, in my opinion, <laughs> feels like the
2: annoying radio track. <laughs> right here, I didn't. I never liked that. Be
1: right here.
0: Shout out to SWV, but
2: hey, you man. <laughs> you probably are right? like, huh? with the fame you've got now. You probably they probably follow you.
1: Like I love the
0: Quandale. No, I'll be shocked. Be like, oh, Coco from SWV. Is that um, the names for real? Coco? Coco, Coco is the lead singer. Uh, Taj and I forget Barbara. the name. name. <laughs> it's forget. Like Coco, Taj, and Gertrude.
2: Gertie We, call Mildred. Them, we call, that dude. Mil- dude, you ready for this shit? These are all my great my great aunt's names. Uh-huh. My grandmother's name was Blanche Gertrude. Mildred, Pauline. you lying? I swear to God, dude! <laughs> I swear to God, Mildred.
0: Mildred, man, that's the perfect, that's the quintessential old school w- woman names.
2: Mildred, Gertrude, Blanche, and then my, and then yeah, dude, <laughs> then Blanche, Blanche, and then she used to have, she had a skin tag too, like oh, right man. in the center of her yeah. neck, just
0: like a Blanche would.
2: Blanche, <laughs> Mildred. No Blanche
0: was in uh, Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah, Blanche was. was the fast one. Yeah, she was. Yeah, man. Oh, I like
2: that you called her fast, not Rue a slut.
0: Rue McClanahan. Oh, Rue McClanahan.
2: Big ups to her. It ain't hard to tell. Man. So tell me, your thoughts on this? You love this? this I is, love the this record.
0: His, uh, his flow is flawless. Um, the, the bars, the metaphors, I'm just like, yo, this is a perfect record. And I ended up seeing this video uh, a little bit later because I saw it uh, after – This is when I'm going on my full, like, Nas binge. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yo, where's the rest? And so um, when I saw It Ain't Hard to Tell, I was like, yo, this is. And then I remembered, I flashed back to, because I remember him having on a red jacket, a red hat. And I was like, I saw this video before I saw The World is Yours, but I didn't pay attention to it. I was just like, God, this is, I I think this was even before, um, you know, uh Old Girl told me about... But this would
2: have... Yeah, because this would have fit into the music you were listening absolutely. to at the time. So
0: I'm surprised you absolutely. didn't latch onto this yeah. shit. Yeah, it, it was... I remember the visual, but I don't remember hearing the audio. So I'm like, how did this slip under my radar? And so I was just like, man... But I'm telling you, man. Once Nas and Illmatic got a hold of me, it was a wrap. Oh, it is, yeah. And ever since then, concubine. Oh man,
2: you're wrapped up, dude.
0: Ever since, because I I was obsessed with the album cover. I was like, yo, this album cover is dope. Him as a kid with the with the fade into the Queensbridge block. Like even even uh, I went to Queensbridge last year to pay respect to, to just see. Queensbridge and I was like yo this is this is hollowed ground this is <laughs> Queensbridge because we were uh, my girlfriend's from New York she's from Brooklyn and so um, we were in Queens uh, hanging out she was taking me all over New York and we were in we were in the part of Queens where they have that big glow with it flavor in your ear Craig Mack video was. oh yeah uh, Men in Black, the, the, where the World's Fair was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. So, and then from there, her her father picked us up, and uh, he took us to Queensbridge. And I was just like, I'm in Queensbridge. Put the knives on. You, you put on. it on? Did yeah, you, yeah oh, put you the knives do. On. Had do, yeah. I had it going in my head. For, I was like, yes, they had a mural of knives there. I was like, this is perfect. Oh, I'd love to see it. Oh, man. I'll be in New York. Actually, when this comes out, I'll be in New York.
2: Yes. So talking about perfect, uh-huh. uh, you – every i'd say once a week you post uh this Nipsey hustle oh yeah um i did that for a
0: year straight for a year straight yeah so can you explain everybody what it is mm-hmm. it was uh it was like seven seven keys to like uh you know entrepreneurship and and, and ways of building like you know wealth and you know uh you know your brand, whatever you, whatever it is, and and he had these seven keys that he posted. And so Nipsey's death hit me hard. It was like, you know, because uh, I was a fan of Nipsey Hustle. I was a fan of like what he was bringing to rap. Because every time he rapped, like you, you would immediately like, oh, he's just a gang member rapping on the surface. Yeah. But then when you listen to what he was saying in his songs, he always had content and weight to what he was talking about. Like you can tell he was like all about empowerment, entrepreneurship, because he, he's the son of immigrants. So, you know, they come in with that hustle. They come in with that, we going to make it, we going to sell. And so he grew up with that, got tied into the gangs for a little bit, but then he came back to that mentality. And so I'm like, man, I like Nipsey, man. So when he died, murdered, it was just like super tragic, and it hit me hard. And I was just like, man. And I didn't want... His legacy to just be, oh, we sad this week on social media. And then he fades into the – and so I was like, yo, I'm posting this every day for a year um, just so we're reminded of Nipsey and what he was trying to convey um, through himself and through us, like trying to better yourself, believing in your brand, entrepreneurship home ownership, real estate, all of that. And so i posted it every day for you. Which years.
2: what what uh out of out of the 7, uh-huh. which one do you connect with the most?
0: I like the um knowing your worth is is the biggest thing that resonated with me. And it was like I was telling you earlier in this podcast. I was like when you know your worth, it that's when you get that world is yours mentality. When you know what you can bring to the table, you know that the people there's an there's an audience that that can rock with you. That's when you had that, man, the world is mine. I know my worth. I can say no to certain things, and it's okay. So with that, um, he sold his Crenshaw mixtape for $100. Um, He sold it for a $100, and he sold a lot of copies of it at that price. And so I was like, wow, because it sounds ridiculous at first. He's like,
2: $100? Yeah you know, in Hollywood Boulevard yeah. right now by 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 20 for
0: $100. Especially now in the streaming world where it's just like you can just listen to so much just by paying the monthly Apple fee. Yeah. $100 and people pulled up and and bought it. And then he came out with another one called Milk Money for $1,000 a piece and people bought that. And I was just like he knew his worth, he knew his brand. He put his he put value on it. That on the surface seemed ridiculous, but people still pulled up and supported that. And I was just like, "Man, this is this is genius." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to sell my next special for five hundred thousand. Listen, it's it goes <laughs> to Wu Tang too when when the Rizzas sold yeah, but that, that album, the Douchebag the fucking douche, bought it though. Douchey McGee, Martin Sc- Skrelakx, or the but fuck the his fact name that is? he still paid two million dollars for an album
2: is yeah, like, but it's not Wu Tang from fucking the like the '90s though. It's, I want to hear it though.
0: Yeah, but dude, I mean, I'm not to get off
2: topic, but don't you think that Wu Tang and I love Wu Tang, right. dude? Woo, dude, Return to the Thirty Six Chambers uh, is one of like the old Dirty Bastard record I've seen. I saw Old Dirty Bastard live by yeah. himself. Uh, it was the craziest show I've ever seen. Yeah, I just recently saw Jizza a few years ago uh, by himself yeah. doing Liquid Swords in its entirety. Wow. I love Wu Tang. Yeah, we possibly might be having Ghostface on the uh, podcast. Oh, he's the best. But, but. Dude, right around the time Method Man uh, released Judgment Day Part 2. Okay. They started slipping. The only motherfucker that with that, Well, I'm not going to take... Because Bobby Digital was dope. Yeah. Because uh, my love in his digi is still one of the hottest songs I've ever heard I in my like life.
0: I like that album. Ooh.
2: But, but fucking every record except for fucking Ghostface, Fish Scale...
0: Uh, he did... Uh, Supreme Clientele? Supreme Clientele, Fish Scale... Uh, the Pretty Tony album, and also More Fish. Yeah, but Ghostface Killer has the best discography in the Wu. Yes, in my opinion,
2: because a lot of them started the, the records got. It was, once it- once he finished that record deal where RZA yeah. was in control of everything, yeah, and they could go out and do their own shit. Mm. Wu Tang fell apart. Yeah,
0: I, dude, I fuck with
2: them. I, oh. They're still, I dude. End of the Thirty Six
0: Chambers changed my life. Did you listen to uh, Only Bill for Cuban Links 2? I did not. Fire. Is it? Fire. We did we did that on the podcast, though. It's we did fire. the first
2: record. You oh. want to talk about cinematic journeys. I Woo. mean, that, that's a movie.
0: Ray the Kwan, whole thing. Let me tell you how much I love Wu-Tang. One of my son's middle name is Rayquan. That's how
2: real it is. That's crazy, because one yeah. of my, my son's name is Inspector <laughs> Deck.
0: <laughs> Yo, man, I love Wu-Tang, man. It's I almost Herbert. got a Wu-Tang uh, W. Tattoo? I almost got it, You man. should do it. Yeah, I don't have any tattoos, but in college, I seriously considered getting the Woo W with a B on it and then my name in there. You should do it. Nah, it's too late. Man. It's, too, man, you know. it's too late. It's too late. 43. Man. okay
2: Really? Yeah. God, black people age well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are right, you going to do some facts and get out of here? Let's do it. All man. Right. Although Nas has since recorded the Def Jam Records, Russell Simmons passed on signing Nas for this album because he thought it would flop, and he was actually correct. Ilmatic is a
0: classic. Right. But sales wise, mm-hmm. doo doo. Right. Yep. So. But now, now it's good, but it, initially it didn't. Yeah, it, it debuted high and then people kind of faded. So let me ask you which of your non
2: successes uh, became your most successful learning experiences?
0: Oh, man. Like uh, just any. Um, anytime, you know, us as comedians, anytime we have a bad set. We turn that into a learning experience. We turn that into goal. We turn that into all right. I got to re up. I got to restructure. I got to take this part of the joke out. I can't. I can't open with the lantern joke. <laughs> yeah. I gotta. I gotta. You gotta, you know, ease it, I yeah. gotta ease into it. I gotta ease yeah. into it. Let them get to know me first. And so, all of those L's become like uh, building blocks for you to get stronger. And so, with not with shoot with the illmatic, even though. It was critically hailed and there was hype around it, and then, you know, it debuted high kind of faded. But then, like I would almost prefer Illmatic, because he built he built a a, a buzz that was so strong, yeah. from from the underground, from the critics, from people like, yo, this dude is the truth. So by the time he came with his second album. It debuted at number one, it stayed number one for four weeks straight on Billboard, and it went double platinum. So so sometimes when you have that overlooked project that's so good, so when you come back around, they like, yo, what you did the first time was fire, so we here for this second project. It was an indie movie. It was yeah. an indie
2: movie yes, that, that got exactly. in Sundance. Didn't they exactly. didn't get a deal? But then his next movie is fucking like recuing for a dream, and, yes. and it's like, oh shit! Yep. And then the next one is you know,
0: it's like those those movies that tanked at the box office, Big Trouble in Little China, but people love the shit out of it for years to come. Pee-wee's it's like they're co following. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Big Adventure uh, actually, that their will at the box office. Did it? Yeah, it made it made like thirty some mil. Yeah, Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It didn't do well financially, but people loved. I know it sucks.
2: My I I I loved that director so much, and then uh, my ex girlfriend fucked him while we were on a break, and I was like, I was like, I can't. I was like, I can't watch Shaun of the Dead anymore. Damn it, Do you man. understand? Damn I, I it. loved
0: that movie. Yeah. Now just
2: imagine it's a British guy like, nah,
0: well, nah. like Oh God, man. All right, he's the- undefeated. By the way, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah he's a great director. I'm yeah. not <laughs> shitting on him. I, hopefully, if I meet him, I go, yeah, Yo, you fucked, fuck that girl. You went to Big Sur. <laughs> We will right. on hiatus. We want hiatus. It's all good. The baby yeah, driver. Tell uh-huh. me about Baby Driver. All right. At the time, this was one of the first and remained one of the most bootleg albums in hip hop history, thousands of copies existing before it was officially released. That's
0: why I didn't sell well, but yep. keep going.
2: Uh besides referring to the ultimate heights of being ill, the album is dedicated to a name for his childhood friend, Ilmatic Ice, who was incarcerated for homicide. I didn't know that. Me neither. Nope. Um I didn't know that either. Nas uh, wasn't fronting about growing up around violence at Queensbridge on this record. While he was working on these songs in early 92, his brother Jungle and his best friend, DJ Ill Will Graham, were both shot there together. Jungle survived, but Ill Will was killed. Right. Uh, he named his record company after him in tribute. Um, who is your Ill Will?
0: Oh, man. Uh, Leon Hampton. The Lee. guy who gave you this? Now, that's Lamar. <laughs> Leon Hampton, man. Leon, man, we've been friends since first grade. And, um, you know, he was my first friend. I remember first day of school. I, I was the kid that cried every time I went to a new school. So, as a kid, as a baby kid, you know, not not <laughs> high school. I wasn't like, <laughs> I wasn't in college, like, <laughs> oh, me, in the chemistry class. But, like,. Uh, <laughs> I would I would go to a new school. I'd be crying, and I remember uh, I went to Raymond Elementary School and walked in. I'm like, you know, and then Leon made a funny face, made me laugh. And then we were we were like getting along that whole day at school. And then when when I'm walking home, he's walking in the same direction as me. And I find out we live in that same townhouse complex that I was just talking about earlier. And um, we was friends ever since. And so we we were friends all throughout that time. Then when I moved further to the south side, I would visit him. He would visit me. And then when I moved to New Mexico, he came out and lived with us for a while. And then when he went back to Chicago, which I didn't want him to, uh, we lost touch. And then I recently found him in 20, uh, seven, 2018. I found him because I was scared he wasn't alive. Oh wow! I was scared, like, you know, uh, if he stayed in that environment, I was scared of what was going to happen to him and, like, what he was involved in. I didn't know. And so I had always been looking for him on Facebook, on social media. I'm like, Leon Hampton. And I I was on Instagram looking again, and I found him, and I was like, yo, are you Leon Hampton from 36th Street? And I was like, when we finally found each other, and I was just like, man, I'm so glad you're alive. And so, you know, so that's my ill will right there. I love that. Yeah, man.
2: Mine is Angelo. For, oh, for not just because he died, yes. but it's just Ange was
0: Angelo Bower. Funniest comedian. Oh my
2: god. Uh that's the reason I'm doing the podcast. He was uh He was the best. I love that guy, man. Do you remember any of his
0: jokes? Uh you, I was gonna
2: ask you if you what do I remember
0: your, any of his jokes?
2: Because uh. one of one of them one of them, I'll give you one because you said it earlier, was uh I recently just ran the Burbank Marathon. Uh there's no actual uh uh Distance you just run until you're tired of Burbank. <laughs> it's a perfect
0: joke. I loved Angelo, man. Like he he was one of those comedians I would stop and watch. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, everybody was like, oh, every up and I was just like, yes. You know, yeah. it was just his delivery, his style. I loved it, man. And his energy off stage was amazing, man.
2: Yeah. I, I like to think about what he'd be doing now. Yeah. He'd be bigger than all of us, still oh, yeah. with no social media. He oh knew. yeah, he knew. He'd be he one knew. Of those cats, he didn't man. have to see the social dilemma. He was right. like, "I see where this is gonna go." Yeah. All right. Man. Last question or last uh, fact. Uh, a couple months after this came out, Nas had his daughter Destiny to celebrate. He put. I love this. Huh? He to celebrate. He pushed a Sharping cart through Queensbridge, handing out bottles of champagne from it. Oh wow. So, uh, being that you are a single dad, uh-huh. what's, some of the, what's the most ridiculous single dad moment you've had?
0: Single dad moment. Uh, hmm. Or just dad moment. Or a dad moment, man. Um, shoot, this is a tough one, man. Like, uh, I remember when they were born, uh, when Serene, that's my oldest, when, when her water broke and it was time, I was in the movie theater at the $2 theater watching Fight Club. And my my boy Andre busted up in the theater like Tony, and like mid movie, yeah, mo- the movie's been on, and like, and I was just like, what the hell is this? And he just busted in there, interrupted the whole movie, like, and then he found me like Cherie's water and I scrambled up out of there, <laughs> and. Um, Yo, that but that was like, and you know, if anybody knows, yeah, me, that's, I just bought a fifty cent popcorn. Man. I, I gotta finish this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every dollar counts. I gotta, I gotta see Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I scrambled up out of there, and uh, um, I just remember, like, yo, that was crazy. Luckily, he knew where I was because I would hate to miss the birth of my son. Because I'm watching Fight Club. Yeah, I would. I would just hate that movie had that happen. You know, what I mean? Man, forget the plot <laughs> twist. Forget Edward Norton, Brad Pitt can suck my yeah. ass. I'd just be like <laughs> pissed. You know, and so, uh, so that was that was a pretty wild moment. Um, a wild like, uh, and then then when I get there, I'm recording. I'm, record- I'm kind of hanging back from the scene. And then it's funny how you transition for my second son when you know he's getting delivered, I'm front row. I'm all in. I'm close like a quarterback in yeah. the snap. I'm just like I was so close that the the doctor was like, Can you back up? I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Do your thing, you know. And uh That's about seven centimeters. Man. Cause I had to I had to, I was <laughs> three hours away. <laughs> yeah they got the protractor, they got rulers, they got spatulas. And so um I had to drive three hours to make it to that. And so once I finally got there, I was just like woo Barely made it, and so uh, so those are the moments of like the celebration of like the childbirth yeah. of like you know my son's coming in, and it's just like man, this is a glorious time, and like um, you know I remember splur- I splurged on godfathers with uh, Serene, like I had like <laughs> I got like six godfathers for him. <laughs> Really, they were just lined up like, yeah, the Godfathers. It's like it's like a conglomerate. Is there an album. order? Like, is there like he first, you
2: second, <laughs> no, just, third,
0: you all of y'all, y'all the Godfathers? Don't screw this up.
2: You're a great dad, man. Thanks, I see Frank. it. I see it on on social media. The stuff that you do with them. The the you know who who laughs first. Oh
0: yeah, it's who smiles first? Yeah, man.
2: There's you, well, you just you're you're a good dude, Thanks, and you man. can just that was why when I had the pregnancy scare, I went yeah. right up to you. There was twenty <laughs> other comics. I gonna ask and yeah. i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna talk to this dude the right one that i know he's got his life together and he's just <laughs> a good parent uh dude this was job I, I knew this was gonna be fun and yeah. it did not disappoint so if there's anything you want to promote please hit it now
0: oh yeah uh check out tony baker and friends uh the comedy special it's out now it's available now uh go to my instagram Click the link on my bio and and get it. It's uh, available on Gumroad and Amazon and enjoy this special. We got Keon Poli on there, Keenan Baker, D.C. Irvin, and Brandon Lewis. All so, great uh, dudes. Yeah. All great oh goods. yeah, man. All yeah. deserve the
2: shine and what you're doing for them. Like you know, I love that. It was the greatest thing. Uh, a comic here told me, which is, as you go up, reach down and pull up. Oh, absolutely! Always man. pull up, man.
0: I love putting money in people's pockets. Yeah, oh, it's the best. That's the oh, best. it's the best, dude. Oh my god,
2: uh, Tony! I still, you know, I said at the beginning, I, I think you're one of the funniest people I've ever met while Thanks, living man. here in Los Angeles and maybe in my lifetime and all the success dude so well deserved and i I love you from the bottom of my heart thank you for doing this proud of you
0: bro man thank you got got the best initials in hip-hop man hit it the jam jam come on baby
2: what i tell you what i tell you the one and only tony baker guys follow him on twitter at tony baker comedy Follow him on Instagram, at Tony Baker. Follow him on Patreon. Sign up for ours first at patreon.com slash Tony Baker Comedy. And go to his website, TonyBakerComedy.com, where you can rent or purchase his brand new special, Tony Baker and Friends. Tony, I love you. Now, we just listened to Nas from 1994. This week, Lil Maddie Pinfield, our music director... Shows Skizzy Mars. You're listening to his remix of Ben Zadai's Son on the Way No Pretty Shit. If you're a fan of Nas and looking to check out other intelligent New York City hip-hop artists, look no further than Harlem's own Skizzy Mars. Skizzy came up doing shows with Logic and collaborations with artists like 2-4-K Golden and g Easy, and he's heavily influenced by Nas. You can find links to the music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you're in a band and were directly influenced by one these albums are artists and you want your music featured on the 500 website, send your song to 500podcast.com Make sure you put the album and an artist that influenced you in the subject line Next week, it's a good one or maybe not, this is a very controversial band, it's Red Hot Chili Peppers Week as we go deep into their 1999 album, Californication Y'all got some homework to do Listen to the album, stay fleecy, doodle doodle. Damn, Rudy!
1: On the east side of the west side, silver lake nights. Everything is how it should be, those are words I live by. Twisted, different, missing, we were drinking at a deli rate. Never slow down or meditate. Wake up, we at Heaven's gates. Sunway.
3: Feel the sun on my face Hey, this is Scott from Fly on the Call. Each week I speak to a different musician, whether they're in an established band like Silverstein or The Wonder Years, or a band on the rise like Spanish Love Songs, Origami Angel, or Meet Me at the Altar. We discuss music and lyrics, the successes and challenges of being in a band, and more, as we get to the core of each artist. The show features musicians of diverse genres and backgrounds, so there's always a chance I'll be talking to your new favorite band. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.